Okay. I, 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 okay, sit down. Shall sit we? Sit down. Shall, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not ah. attacking daddy. Okay, get on. Ah. Okay, get onto your own chair. Good. Okay, shall we say goodbye to the any listener who happens to still be around? Which there would probably be nobody. <laughs> No, no, everybody. I'm sure everybody who downloaded my podcast is still listening to this very moment. Skip to the end because all your stuff at the beginning would be so boring. They won't do that if you don't put a message at the beginning of the podcast, though, which you will. Uh, What kind of message? Um, So, this is the beginning of the podcast. Um, Oh, wait, am I clipping this out and putting it in the beginning? Sure, sure, sure. Um, no, you're copy and pasting it. Okay, so it's in there. both places. Yes. Um. Okay, so this is the beginning of the podcast. For the first three segments of the podcast, um, it's dad. But go about halfway through for me. And that's the, where the times the, will be listed in the description. Yes, yes. And that's where the interesting stuff will begin. Right. Just skip all of this stuff. That's going to happen for the next, like, two hours, okay? <laughs> or however long it ends up being. Yes, yeah. or however long it ends up being. And uh, just skip to my bit, because it's better than Daddy's bit. Of course. We get to talk about all kinds of things, including why Daddy is stupid. Uh, of course. Anyway. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, July 31st, 2021. It is just before 8 UTC as I'm starting to record tonight. I am Sam Minter. Ivanbo could not make it this week. His son Manu was not feeling well, so he took the time to take care of his son. Um, And, you know, I put out my usual request for possible co-hosts, and... None of the folks who usually want to jump in and do that were able to this week. The one person who did jump in and say they wanted to co-host was my son, Alex. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I am recording uh, the serious part of this podcast by myself, solo, and I'm planning three main topics. Um, I'll talk about covid I'll talk about uh, sort of Trump-related stuff, including both January 6th and other – yeah, January 6th is sort of sort of kind of Trumpy. And then the new news this week about Trump trying to influence the DOJ at the end of his term. We've heard a little bit about this before, but there was new stuff this week. And uh, the Trump taxes stuff. Um, and then that that's topic two. And then topic three will be congressional stuff, uh, the eviction moratorium, infrastructure, voting stuff, gerrymandering stuff, all of that sort of thing. And then we'll wrap up this serious part of the show. Uh, and then I'll let my son Alex have a go. 
And you guys know how this goes. First of all, uh, if you don't like the solo shows, you like it better when Yvonne and I are bantering or whether when we're talking with uh, another co-host, then you may not like this week's show at all. That's okay. Just skip it. Tune in again next week. Yvonne will probably be back. Uh, and then after we are done with the serious part, if listening to an 11-year-old talk about his YouTube channel and video games, which are his most likely topics, uh, doesn't strike your interest, well, you can skip that part of the show too. I understand. It's okay. If you do like that stuff, keep on listening. Enjoy me and my son having a little chat about whatever he wants to chat about. Uh, but uh, what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with the COVID stuff. You know, I've only been going three minutes. Is that enough to have a quick break? Or should we just jump straight into the COVID stuff? Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, these breaks will be a few seconds for you, but I got stuff to do here and I, and my son is actually calling me to do something right now. So yes, we will take a quick break, even though it's only been a few minutes. And, uh, when I come back, I'll do COVID stuff and then we'll continue from there. And, uh, the show will play out the way I said. So, uh, enjoy this, uh, first break. And, oh, this first break is a spot that, um, my wife recorded for her campaign, uh, that's running on some internet streaming platforms, uh, targeted probably locally only here to Snohomish County, Washington, uh, in advance of the primary that's a few days away. Uh, so enjoy that. Um, and uh, then we'll be back with COVID. Back after this. Hi, my name is Brandy Donaghy, and I'm running for Snohomish County Council in District 5. Our county is made up of many vibrant communities, and I will work to ensure that everyone is as strong and self-sufficient as it can be. For more information or to get involved, visit my website at brandyforcouncil.com. Oh, and don't forget to get your primary ballot in by August 3rd. I'm Brandy Donaghy, Democrat for Snohomish County, and I'm asking for your vote. Paid for by Friends of Brandy Donaghy. Okay, and I am back. It's almost 11 hours later since I recorded those first few minutes. Uh, uh, my son was wanting somebody to sit with him while he watched TV and fell asleep, and so he did, and I did, and then I got up early in the morning to help my wife go set up uh, where she's volunteering for the Red Cross, uh, manning a booth at an event at a local park. Uh, so I helped her set that up and then I'm back and now I'm going to continue and it is time to talk about COVID. Uh, so let me start, uh, with the international trends like I always do, uh, specifically looking at deaths per day. And I know there are all kinds of other metrics. Uh, you could look at cases. Um, yeah, you, well, on a country-by-country -country basis, you can often look at hospitalization, but those really aren't available worldwide in a consistent way. Uh, but we've got we've got cases and we've got deaths. I've been talking for a while how cases have been exploding worldwide, um, but deaths had been rising, but rising only slowly. As of the last few days before I'm recording this, deaths has started to go up really steeply internationally too. Now, 
it's only a few days, and every once in a while we've seen things before where we've had what looked like a spike like this that really turned out to just be delayed reporting where some country or another was catching up on their reports and it all got reported as if it was right now. And then they later figured that out and sort of spread those deaths over a longer period of time. And you realize it's not really a spike. So I'm crossing my fingers. That's what's going on this time. But it certainly looks like internationally deaths is accelerating at the moment. Um, we shall see. Um, uh, I'll, I'll update you next week if this spike disappears or anything like that. Um, and I'm going, by the way, for this off of Worldometer's data, uh, looking at a few different sources. The charts actually look a little bit different depending on which source you pick, which make, which is one of the things that's making me wonder whether it's a reporting issue. So we'll see. We'll see. But it looks like deaths may be accelerating on a worldwide basis. If you try to figure out what countries are responsible for that. Uh, it looks like the biggest growth in the world right now uh, in terms of absolute number of cases, which was what obviously affects the worldwide number, uh, is Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia is now the biggest source of daily deaths worldwide. Uh, they're responsible for about 20% of all of the deaths worldwide at the moment and growing pretty quickly. Um, the, the top five countries right now, uh, in terms of deaths, um, are Indonesia, Brazil, Russia, India, and South Africa. Now that's not how bad they are per capita. There are a lot of small countries that are actually significantly worse on a per capita basis. And India, even though it's in the top few here, is actually doing pretty good per capita at this point uh, because they're just so big. Uh, but these are the ones driving the worldwide trend right now. And like I said, Indonesia is growing rapidly, it looks like. Uh, so we'll see. Um you know, every time I start to think that maybe we're getting close to the point where we're going to be better this year than we were 52 weeks previously, the trend reverses. Uh, so, yeah, right now we're, we're worse than we were a year ago, uh, and it looks like we're staying that way for a while. Um, man. And all of that, of course, brings us to the U.S., where cases are still going up rapidly, but we continue to have deaths only rise slowly. N now, they are up like 30% or so since the low, um, but they're still at a relatively low volume and they're going up relatively slowly. C cross your fingers, it stays that way. Uh, but of course, we had the big new CDC guidance uh, this week because of Delta, and there was a leaked document that showed internally, it said, like, the war has changed, uh, talking about the, the Delta variant and uh, new evidence that uh, specifically, there was an outbreak in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, uh, where there were a bunch of vaccinated people, and it showed that there was transmission between vaccinated people, and, uh, you know, of the cases that came out of this, uh, like 75% were from vaccinated people, so there was all kinds of reason for increased concern, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There, and so basically the CDC said that vaccinated people 
uh, in areas of the country where cases are growing quickly should go back to masking indoors, uh, indoors in public places, not at home. Um, there are a few things about this. One, the coverage of this and the communication around it has been horrid. I, you know, I want to give CDC all the credit in the world for, you know, being willing to adapt to changing information, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not one of these folks who is like, but a few months ago they said it was okay, you know, because duh, things change and you need to adapt. Like there's no, there's not a such thing as, you know, an incontrovertible truth here because two things happen. One, you learn more and two, the situation on the ground actually changes. So of course the advice should adapt. I have no issues with that whatsoever, but CDC all through this thing from the Trump administration straight into the Biden administration is, is just not great at public communication. Um, and, yeah, you know, I've seen a number of people on Twitter be like, please, please hire some science communicators who are actually really good at this stuff because they're, they struggle with how to communicate complex scientific ideas in a way that doesn't confuse everybody. Like their guidance is often like, you know, complicated little sentences with multiple clauses and blah, 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 and easily misinterpretable. In this particular case, the the media has been awful too. I mean, there've been headlines about the number of breakthrough cases where the context of what the denominator is, is buried further down. You know, uh, and sometimes it's right in the lead, right under the headline. But honestly, we live in a world where lots of people only read the headline. So you see something like 150,000 breakthrough cases where people that were vaccinated got COVID. And unless you're carefully reading, you don't realize that out of the many, many millions of people who are now fully vaccinated, it's an incredibly tiny percentage. And two, that almost all of those cases were extremely mild. And the number that were severe enough for hospitalization is incredibly tiny. And the number that died is much smaller still. And it, all the information is there, but the way it's being communicated is sort of this sensationalized, oh my God, they're breakthrough cases. And people, and I've seen all kinds of folks on Twitter jumping on this, you know, and this is obviously people who were anti-vax inclined to begin with, but people jumping on this to try to make a narrative about how the vaccines don't work anyway, and it's pointless. Where, no, even the situation that they're talking about in Cape Cod actually showed that the vaccine worked very, very well. <laughs> there were tons of people in close, confined spaces and the number of breakthrough cases was incredibly small, and I believe it was something like four people were hospitalized and no one's dead, at least so far. Which shows that, you know, it worked. The vaccine is still working. It's doing well. Now, there are a couple new things. The chance of a vaccinated person transmitting the disease to others is apparently greater in Delta than, you know, the previous variants we've been worried about. And 
and specifically even in asymptomatic cases. So the worry in one of the things we'd been told before um, is that basically vaccinated people had negligible chance of spreading COVID to other people, including unvaccinated people. So with Delta, it's looking like if you are positive for COVID, your ability to spread it to someone else is almost as much as if you were unvaccinated or even potentially about the same as if you were unvaccinated. Now, I've seen some headlines, again, with badly constructed where it's it's kind of true but misleading without the context where they're saying, you know, vaccinated people with with Delta can spread it just as easily as unvaccinated people. True, if you've caught it. But your chances of catching it in the first place are still much, much smaller if you're vaccinated. But yes, if you've got it, if you've caught COVID, your chances of spreading it apparently are still high with Delta. So the 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 concern there becomes the situation where a vaccinated person comes in contact with, chances are, an unvaccinated person, but theoretically at a lower level, even another vaccinated person, and contracts COVID, and they have, and and, and they're able to transmit it, um, potentially before they're symptomatic, or even if they're never symptomatic. They could potentially spread this. And of course, the people who are most vulnerable to catch it from them are unvaccinated people. So one scenario that's right out there is like my situation. I am fully vaccinated. My wife is fully vaccinated. My daughter is fully vaccinated. My son, being 11 years old and not yet eligible for the vaccine, is not. So theoretically, the risk scenario here is that I go out and I am less careful with precautions because I'm vaccinated uh, and I pick up uh, I pick up COVID and maybe I have very mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. I'm at very low risk of hospitalization or death, but I bring it home to my son and he catches it. Now, to be fair, as an 11-year-old, even if he catches it, his risks are pretty low. Now, for my son in particular, he's got asthma, which increases his risk a bit. So he's not just an average 11 year old. Um, but it's still, you know, the, the, there are a lot, a, another feature of Delta is it appears to be hitting even stronger than previous variants, including for younger people. So of course you want to be careful. And so the guidance is, uh, now vaccinated people should wear masks too in areas where it's growing quickly and, uh, you know, indoors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is all fine. And I buy to some degree the justification based on Delta, but there are a few things. One, there have been indications about these things being true about Delta prior to this week. Uh, coming out of Israel, coming out of India, where Delta's wave hit before it hit here. Um, UK as well, I guess. And maybe it's just like the 
the thing in Massachusetts sort of pushed CDC over the edge, or maybe there's a little bit of, we only trust our own data, so we're going to pay more attention, or maybe there's a bit of, okay, yeah, maybe that was true over there in Israel, but you know, it hadn't really hit here now. And now we're finally at the point where there's critical mass in the United States to take action on it. But I think a lot of it is about the fact that the previous guidance on masking just was an utter failure. And they have to course correct. Um, and I've seen lots of commentary on this. This is not unique to me. I'm not the only one making this call out, but basically, you know, and hell, we talked about it on the show when they, when they issued the guidance that started saying, you know, vaccinated people can do this and unvaccinated people can do that. You know, basically saying, Hey, if you're vaccinated, you can stop wearing the mask in almost all situations, but unvaccinated people need to keep wearing the mask that, Oh my God, of course, that's not going to fucking work. Yeah. The again, we we talked about it at the time, but because there's no method to prove who is vaccinated and who is not, because we did not set up an appropriate system to do that kind of tracking, and because all we've got are these stupid little paper cards, and because individual businesses and other things don't want to be in the business of policing that anyway, you you can't do this on honor system. Especially because the people who are least likely to get vaccinated are also the same people who are saying masks are bullshit all along. And, and I, I think I mentioned this briefly last week, but there have been people looking at the stats that confirm this. Uh, I saw a number of gra graphs on this. Um, I saw one particular post. I wish I had the reference, but I don't. Uh, basically showing... You know, if you, if you grouped people by, I already had the fact, I already had the vaccine. I intend to have it as quickly as possible. I'm waiting a little bit versus, you know, I, I'm never going to take a vaccine no matter what, you know, it's evil. Um, the further along that spectrum you get towards, I'm never going to take the vaccine, the, m the faster people got rid of their masks. Which is exactly the opposite of what the the rational policy was. And I think there have been a number of people saying, look, here's CDC, the whole a big part of their, hey, if you're if you're vaccinated, you can take off your masks communication was actually intended to encourage people to vaccinate. Ooh. If I get vaccinated, I can stop wearing a mask, completely neglecting the fact that the people who were vigilant in keeping track and doing what the health experts recommended anyway are the ones who already got the damn vaccine. The, the people who were holding out on the vaccine, with a few exceptions who couldn't for one reason or another, but I'm talking in generalities here. Uh, those people are the ones who aren't going to pay attention to what you say anyway. 
And so it was widely interpreted all over the place as masks are over for everyone. Even though they very specifically did not say that. They said in every single communication, unvaccinated people need to continue to mask. But that did not happen. And I think this is an attempt to course correct, which is basically acknowledging the reality that you can't give guidance that is different like that. You can't say, you know, unvaccinated people can do this, vaccinated people can do that, because it's it's unenforceable, it's un... And it just doesn't recognize what human nature is. Like, if you want to... If you want to get the unvaccinated people to mask, the only way you can do that is to require it of everybody. And so, you know, one possible way you could have dealt with this is say everybody is required to mask until the vaccination percentage in your county is over some threshold, 70%, 75%. I don't know what the right threshold is, but if you if you stated it that way, then businesses and other places, businesses, workplaces, whatever, uh, would be able to, you know, maintain a mask mandate. Uh, municipalities could say that they were required in public places, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then you lift it when you get to the appropriate level of vaccination. But you can't, <laughs> you just can't do something that says vaccinated people can do one thing and unvaccinated people can do the other. There's just no way to practically make that work unless you have an actual validated, properly authenticated, you know, government issued way of determining you're vaccinated and you're not, uh, that could be used. And even then it would be awkward. So I think they're course correcting for that. Um, but yeah, uh, it, things aren't looking great right now. Um, again, the overall death numbers are staying low in the U.S., and I'm crossing my fingers they stay that way. I think they will. Uh, one good thing that we've seen about the Delta variant in both India and U.K. is it came on really strongly, and then it peaked and started going down again really quickly. So... Here's hoping that that's the same pattern here in the U.S., that we're seeing a big spike in cases, and then it goes down again, and that most of the spike is in cases, which, by the way, you would expect, like, you know, a lot of those cases are from vaccinated people, because there are a lot of vaccinated people, again, to the to the, the math innumeracy things, like... As the percentage of vaccinated people goes up, you expect the percentage of breakthrough, uh, the, the percentage of cases that are breakthrough cases with vaccinated people to increase. Just as a simple mental example, if a hundred percent of the population is vaccinated, then a hundred percent of your cases are going to be from vaccinated people too. But your absolute number of cases is going to be much smaller. And so that's where some of these, oh my God, 75% of the cases were from vaccinated people. Yeah, well, you were talking about a crowd in that particular case where 90 plus percent of the people were vaccinated. Of course, those numbers are going to be higher. Anyway, don't get me started on the math um, and, and how bad people are at interpreting numbers. But uh, it, it frustrates me that 
Our reactions are as usual as they have been through this whole thing, slow and delayed. Like, I think the CDC probably shouldn't have issued the guidance they did about masks earlier, but even if they had, they probably should have reversed earlier when they started seeing some of the trends internationally and not waited. I get that you have to have some sort of critical mass in order to definitively take the action, but the problem here is that if you wait for that sort of level of definitive evidence, you're often too late. Um, and I also am sort of despairing that, you know, we don't have the national mechanisms because of our federalized structure uh, to really take effective level, effective action on a national level. So we've got all kinds of states that are being stupid. Um, and, and so they're going to be pockets of really bad cases where people aren't taking it seriously. And uh, I guess there's relatively little you can do about that. I mean, as I've mentioned before, even if you do have, you know, governmental, here's, you know, statements about here's what you should do, uh, unless you've got stringent enforcement, it makes no difference at all because people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, which brings us to, and I do, you know, which brings us to what can the federal government do? And should it be doing a lot more than it is in terms of mandates? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, there's a lot the federal government can't do. Um, they, you know, Joe Biden does not have the authority uh, to impose a nationwide mask mandate, for instance. He just doesn't. And there's no enforcement mechanism, even if he could. But he could, for instance, require... Uh, require vac proof of vaccination in order to board any airplane in the country. Uh, and and a, a whole bunch of other things like that, uh, where, where sort of federal inter interstate stuff is implied, is, is implicated. Now, again, how do you enforce a, you, know, you can make people show that little vaccine card, I guess, but you know, it's easily faked, blah, blah, blah. So the fact, once again, we keep coming back to the fact that the Trump administration, because it would have had to be done at the very beginning, like planning for it would have had to be in progress well before the vaccines were even approved. But because the Trump administration did not develop a system for tracking this stuff in a reliable, authenticated way, we're stuck. You know, even now, uh, Joe Biden did say that he's going to require um, federal employees uh, to, well, not prove that they're vaccinated, but attest to their vaccination status. So they're, they're not even asking to look at the stupid little paper card. They're just asking them. And trusting them to tell the truth, which, okay, maybe that's the best we could, I, you know, at least ask them to, at least ask for the stupid card, <laughs> you know, at least, even though it's easily fakeable. I don't know. I guess, what do you do with people who lost them? Like, I don't, I have mine in my wallet right now, but if I lost it, I don't know. I've taken a bunch of pictures of it, but I, could I get a new one? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, 
I could print out one of the pictures I took of it, of it but how's that distinguishable from any little forgery that somebody could make? Anyway, well, we're 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 in a stupid mess. Um, and again, just hoping that deaths stay low and don't like really skyrocket. I think we're probably in that ballpark because we do have a decent number of people vaccinated. Um, there are all kinds of questions about, uh, you know, when schools reopen in the fall and exactly how that works. And you've got eight states that are saying schools can't even mandate the use of masks um, for unvaccinated kids. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the one other final point on COVID before we take a break and I move on to other things is that we continue to concentrate mostly on deaths. Sometimes we talk about hospitalizations and hospitals getting full, but the evidence continues to accumulate that even mild cases of COVID that don't require hospitalization, about a third of the time, this is the last number I saw, are resulting in long-term lingering effects for the people who had the case. Um, and that's worse for people who actually were hospitalized, but even for the mild cases, there are symptoms that linger for months and months and months and months. And we don't know yet, potentially in some people, they might be permanent. Uh, and so you might have like even with these mild cases might be resulting in, in, you know, permanent impairment uh, for some people. So yes, the deaths is the first thing to worry about, but mild cases shouldn't be completely dismissed either. It's not just the flu even in those mild cases, your chance of death is probably about the same in, in the mild cases, like, uh, especially if you've been vaccinated. Um, yeah, I want to be careful about that. If you have been vaccinated, if you catch COVID, your chances of hospitalization and death are probably around the same as the flu, although Delta is a little bit worse than alpha, et cetera. Um, if you've been unvaccinated, then it's still, worse even in terms of chances of death. But death aside, these ongoing lingering effects of a COVID infection, I think are something that we'll end up talking about for years uh, because of people who, you know, just never get to the point where they feel like they did before their infection. And again, even that is not everybody who's been infected, but a certain fraction of them uh, is having long-term effects. So we got to pay attention to that too. And yeah, I, again, I, I keep hoping for this worldwide graph of deaths to get to the point where it's better than it was a year ago and we're not there. And it looks like we're still months away from that. And if not longer. So yeah, that sucks. Okay. Let's take another break. We will come back and uh, what was next? Oh yeah. Um, Scandal-ish stuff. Trump and things. Back after this. Do, do, do. 
Hello, this is Olivia Neural. I'm here to let you know about Sam the Curmudgeon's other podcasts, the Wiki of the Day podcasts. Wiki of the Day comes in three varieties, popular, random, and featured. Each highlights a new Wikipedia article each day. They just pick the articles differently. This week on popular Wiki of the Day, you would have heard this summary for Katie Ledecky. Kathleen Genevieve Ledecky, born March 17, 1997, is an American competitive swimmer. Having won seven Olympic gold medals and 15 World Championship gold medals, the most in history for a female swimmer, she is widely considered to be the greatest female swimmer of all time. Ledecky is the world record holder in the women's 400, 800, and 1,500-meter freestyle, one course. She also holds the fastest ever times in the women's 500, 1,000, 1,500, and 1,650-yard freestyle events. In her international debut at the 2012 London Olympic Games as a 15-year-old, Ledecky unexpectedly won the gold medal in the women's 800-meter freestyle. Four years later, she left Rio de Janeiro as the most decorated female athlete of the 2016 Olympic Games, with four gold medals, one silver medal, and two world records. In total, she has won 38 medals, 30 golds, seven silvers, and one bronze, in major international competitions, spanning the Summer Olympics, World Championships, and Pan Pacific Championships. During her career, she has broken 14 world records. Ledecky's success has earned her Swimming World's Female World Swimmer of the Year a record-breaking five times. Ledecky was also named Associated Press Female Athlete of the Year in 2017, International Female Champion of Champions by L'Equipe in 2014 and 2017, United States Olympic Committee Female Athlete of the Year in 2013, 2016 and 2017, and Sportswoman of the Year by the Women's Sports Foundation in 2017. Ledecky's 11 individual gold medals at the World Aquatics Championships and 16 combined individual titles at the Olympics and World Aquatics Championships are records in women's swimming. That's all there is to it. See? Fun, entertaining, educational, and short. Okay, now look for and subscribe to the Wiki of the Day family of podcasts on your podcast playing software of choice, or just go to wikioftheday.com to check out our archives. Now back to Kamudjan's Corner. Do, do, do. Okay, I'm back. And before moving on to January 6th and Donald Trump and all that, one more thing on pandemic stuff. And this is, uh, you know, shout out, shout out, like, Am I the kind of person who says shout out? Anyway, uh, credit to uh, Jelani Cobb, uh, who's a writer at The New Yorker for this. Uh, but he tweeted uh, uh, he, he tweeted earlier today as I'm recording this uh, about one of the messaging things that's out there. I mentioned these sort of long-term side effects of even mild COVID infections. Um, so he posted this. CDC has dramatically underutilized the fact that COVID attacks men's penises and can cause erectile dysfunction. I seriously think messaging on this would improve vax rates. An image of a wet noodle next to a picture of someone getting the shot and the words, you choose. You know, at, you know, just imagine the PSAs or whatever. And, and look, really, at this point, it's about manipulating psychology. How do you get people to do this? And if they're not worried about dying, maybe they'd be worried about erectile dysfunction. I don't know. Uh, 
yeah, anyway, that's uh, Jelani Cobb. Uh, Twitter handle is J-E-L-A-N-I-9. Uh, so, you know, go follow him and whatever. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. So, there was the first of uh, these January 6th hearings uh, in the House, the spe- select committee that has been set up uh, because the Republicans wouldn't go along with a bipartisan uh, commission. Um, and famously, after Nancy Pelosi rejected uh, two people that the Republicans had suggested be on the committee, they pulled out of it entirely. I wonder about that strategic choice. I mean, they, they did it because they want to be able to portray this as a purely partisan effort, but it also means they can't be in there spreading their nonsense and distracting. Uh, so we'll see. Um, what you had so far was they had four of the police officers uh, who were involved in defending the Capitol give testimony. Uh, it was very dramatic testimony. Um, they were pretty eloquent. Uh, a couple of them made the point very viscerally that, you know, we need to not just go after the people who were in the building that day, but who encouraged them and who put them up to it essentially. And that's something that in the official, you know, arrests that have been made so far, we haven't really seen very much of that. If any, uh, that doesn't mean it's not coming, but so far it's been absent. Uh, and it's been notably absent. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying, you know, they can charge Donald Trump with it or anything like that, but there certainly are people beyond just who happened to be there. It, this was not a completely spontaneous thing where people just running up there. There was some organization behind it. There were people doing planning. There were things being spread online before this happened. Uh, there is circumstantial evidence that various Congress people and their staffs were part of that planning. Now, it may, may very well be they never intended it to go as far as it did and it got out of hand. That's certainly a possibility. It's also a possibility that they intended it to go further and actually succeed. I don't know. But that's what the investigation should be digging into. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, but, you know, some of the testimony, like, you almost wanted the Republicans to be in the room because it was so damning. And, and very specifically calling out some of these people, if not by name, uh, the clear implications were there and these, uh, you know, um, what it was, Officer Fallone, uh, specifically calling out the Republicans who were denying and minimizing what happened and trying to say it wasn't a big deal and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. It would have been, it would have been amazing if that was to their faces in that room. Um, but on the other hand, those folks would have completely derailed all kinds of stuff too. So I, I, I sort of trust 
in Nancy Pelosi's judgment here. She's done a good job so far. Also notable here is um, uh, Cheney and Kinzinger, the two Republicans who are on there at uh, at Pelosi's choice. Um, also, yeah, taking it very seriously and making very effective statements. Um, and these, these, just to be clear, I mean, uh, you know, uh, other Republicans are calling them like Pelosi Republicans and things like that. These are not liberals. These are people who, if we were not living in a Donald Trump era, would be considered very conservative and very far on the right-hand side of the spectrum. But there are people who say, you know, the basics of democratic government and actual election integrity, not the bullshit being propagated by some of the MAGA heads, uh, where they're trying to point out fraud that doesn't exist and things like that, um, is critical and goes beyond the specific policy disputes that they have with the Democrats. Um, and, and that's powerful. Uh, but at the same time, you realize that they are almost completely alone on the Republican side of the spectrum. I mean, they are an isolated minority and both of them are highly likely to lose their jobs at the next election because they are participating in this and because they are talking seriously about it. So the one thing though, that I was surprised by, not by this hearing itself, but by the fact that after the hearing, I heard, you know, there was an interview with one of the, the committee members on, okay, well, what's next? And they're like, I don't know. We haven't decided yet. We're going to think about that a little bit and we'll decide on next steps together as a committee and we'll go forward and blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like nothing much will happen until the August recess is over. So we're waiting another month before anything else happens with this. It's like I'm having flashbacks to, to 2019 where I was complaining 2009. Yeah. I'm having flashbacks to like 2019 where I was complaining all year long about how slowly the Democrats were moving and how they, you know, at every turn in the investigation, they would like, you know, ask the administration for something and then give them two weeks to do it. And then when they didn't deliver after two weeks, give them another two weeks and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's been weeks already since they announced that this committee would exist And we've known who the people on the committee uh, would be. And we've known the basic issues of January 6th since, well, January 6th. And it blows my mind that they would have this one thing with the police officers and not be ready to immediately follow it up with more. Like, are you going to issue subpoenas? Issue the damn fucking subpoenas. Are you going to have other witnesses in? Have some lined up and do it the next freaking day. Or at least the next week. 
none, none of this. Okay. We'll have one hearing and we don't know what we're doing next. And then we're going to wait a month to do the next one. What? You know, and I heard people complaining too that they didn't do this in prime time because this was very affecting testimony. And if they'd put it in prime time, uh, most of the networks would have carried it, uh, and a lot more people would have seen it. And it's like, what are they doing? You know, I mean, it was good testimony as far as it went, but like, where's the follow up? Where's the treating this with a level of urgency to like? let's get to the bottom of it and let's dig in and blah, blah, blah. And yet I know they're probably doing things behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. And you never always have visibility into that. But part of the point of having an investigation like this is what you put into the public. And I just look at it and I'm like, really? You did that one powerful thing and then you don't have a follow-up planned. You don't know what the next steps are. You, 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 I mean, at the very least, even if it's going to be out a while, you come out of it saying, and our next hearing will be on such and such a date where we'll talk, we'll talk to these people about this subject. And by the way, we are looking at who we're going to subpoena and we will have those subpoenas out by such and such a date. At the least, come on. I mean, follow it up. Push. Go, go. Um, and, you know, this is the same kind of thing. So we're flipping over to, to Trump now. Uh, in terms of slowness and everything, let's do Trump taxes first. The DOJ came out with, an, well, I guess it was an OLC opinion that says, you know, that request that Congress made of the Treasury Department to hand over Trump taxes, that's actually valid. Let's go ahead and do that. That came out now. It's July. The Biden administration has been in place since January. Okay, now we didn't get a confirmed attorney general until well into that, and he needed to settle in, blah, blah, blah. But come on again. Let's have some level of urgency. Let's have some moving along. And I guess you can say, look, it's not that urgent anymore. He's not president anymore, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like this is this is the recurring theme. And uh, when we get to the next segment to talk about sort of congressional legislation stuff, it'll be the theme again, is act like it's an actual thing where the time frame matters. And you can't take a year to do this stuff. I mean, on the Trump taxes, it's already been like, what, almost two years where maybe over two years where this stuff has been going back and forth and Trump said no and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, also, I'll say that the DOJ uh, tried to, in their memo saying that they were going to tell Treasury to go ahead and hand things over, they still put in a bunch of stuff about how Oh, it does look like there's a legitimate legislative purpose. They're going to talk about, you know, how taxes should be handled and blah, 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 and see if the audit is correct. And But the, the law that says they have to do this doesn't say they need a legislative purpose. It just says if Congress asks, if these, these specific committees in Congress ask, the Treasury will, or shall, the Treasury shall turn over the documents. And DOJ is still sort of like, oh, well, you know, there's a good reason, blah, 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 giving a bunch of, 
you know, and I, this whole like defending executive authority against the Congress, um, in, in a sort of cross partisan way that says, you know, Hey, regardless of whether it was Donald Trump or not, or the Democrat or whatever, we want to hold on to these sort of presidential prerogatives. And we want to, you know, make sure that we can say no to the Congress. Um, I get pissed at all of that kind of stuff. I, I feel like, yeah, in these kinds of cases, yeah, Congress wins. Sorry. I've had enough of the imperial executive and whatever, you know, <laughs> no. Um, but I know you're always going to have the presidents reserving their prerogatives. If, but if anything, over the last hundred years, the continuous trend is the presidency amassing more and more power and Congress gradually losing it by default because they're not defending it. And so I think it's actually important for Congress to start standing up for these things and not, and even Congress, when they did this said, Oh, here's, here's the legislative reasons why we need this. No, <laughs> just say it's, it's our prerogative. We passed a law that says we can get this whenever we want, you know, however many decades ago, it was early in the 20th century, I believe. So we're asking for it. No justification whatsoever. Here's a one-line memo that says, give me his taxes. Done. <laughs> but no. Uh, anyway, moving on to other Trump news, the other place where DOJ decided to release some memos. And again, this is just like, you know, could you have done this a few months ago? Why did you wait this long? I guess they're doing due diligence and reviews and whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, move faster, damn it. Um, but they decided to release some notes that the various acting whoever's that Donald Trump had at the DOJ in the last bits of his presidency, some notes they had of conversations they had with Donald Trump in those post-election, pre-inaugural times. Um, and specifically of Donald Trump pressuring them to say publicly that the election was corrupt, a fraud, whatever. And they basically told him they couldn't do that, which good on them, I guess. But Donald Trump's response that's been all over the news the last couple of days since this was revealed was basically, look, I don't expect you, well, so apparently, according to these notes, Donald Trump was asking them to potentially do things to uh, affect the election results in some way or another. And they told him, no, you can't do that. Or no, we can't do that. We have to go where the evidence leads, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Donald Trump basically said something along the lines of, I understand that just say the election was corrupt and I'll take it from there. Basically saying that, and th this is sort of parallel to the whole thing that happened with the Ukraine, where he was saying, you know, I don't care if you actually do an investigation of Hunter Biden. Can you just say you are? <laughs> I'll take it from there. Uh, it, it's, it's the, just announce it. 
you don't have, what whatever you do, I don't really care. Just announce it. Uh, and this is the same sort of thing here. And they didn't, you know, to to the credit of these officials, they did not actually take any action based on what Donald Trump was telling them. But it is clear that Donald Trump was looking at every possible way to try to reverse these this election. You know, and he was looking for ammo everywhere he could. And he was pressuring DOJ investigate he was pressuring the DOJ to talk about it, say there was fraud, say they were, you know, looking into corruptions, you know, actually start investigations, do whatever. Um as well as all the things that have come out previously, um, you know, about him making phone calls to election officials in various parts of the country, um, one of which is the subject of a criminal investigation in Georgia right now. Uh, he was looking at every possible option, and that includes the January 6th stuff and pressuring Mike Pence to try to reverse the election there when they were officially counting the Electoral College results. Uh, Everything. And I've heard at least two, maybe more talking heads on the news networks of the sort of former DOJ official slash constitutional law expert slash whatever talking about how just these phone calls alone that these notes were the topic of potentially violate federal laws. And they rattled off a list of them, which I, of course, can't remember. But there are apparently a bunch of laws uh, on, you know, exactly, you know, on inf- uh, influencing elections, interfering with the Department of Justice operations, blah, 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 blah. And some of those you can defend, of course, while he's president. He's their boss. He can, of course, tell them what to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, but, you know, the fact that people were able to rattle off lists of three or four laws where at least arguably the president was violating him just in that phone call, let alone all of the other stuff surrounding him, uh, indicates the level of problem that was going on here. Um, Donald Trump failed at pulling off anything to stay president, but it is absolutely clear that he was trying everything he could think of. And We just find out more about it as time goes on. I mean, we've we've heard lots and lots already over the last, you know, however many months it's been. But we keep hearing more. And, you know, it seems like, once again, he was only stopped because there were enough people that basically said, no, we can't do that. And and these were Trump people saying that. So good on them. Because, you know, I mean, hell, Barr resigned. And he was previously doing all kinds of bullshit for, for Trump. Um, but yeah, we, we had people basically stand up and say no, or at least sort of ignore what he was saying. I think in many of these cases, they sort of just decided to ignore him or blah, blah, blah him. And, but, uh, 
there's been some, and this is not just Republicans, but even on the Democratic side, there has been some tendency for people to sort of say, the institutions worked. You know, Donald Trump did all this stuff, but the institutions worked. What was supposed to happen happened in the end. But I think it's important to recognize just how close that stuff was, how we really were relying on a handful of people who decided to do the right thing. And it wouldn't have taken that many of them switching direction to, if not change the final outcome, at least make the final outcome a lot messier and maybe bloodier. I mean, just imagine if Mike Pence had said, had gone along with the scheme and just said out, right, you know, yes, I refuse to count these votes. Now, lots of people had said that wouldn't have been legal for him to do, but what if he tried right there on the Senate floor? What would actually have been the next things that happened and how would that have worked out? It would have been nuts. And maybe it probably would have come out the right way in the end. But again, because the right people would stand up and say that and make it come out the right way. If you have a critical mass of people saying, yeah, we don't care what's supposed to happen. We're going to do it this way this time. How do you stop it? And that's where some of the concerns about okay, what happens, you know, what happens in 2024 uh, come into play? Like if, if the Republicans have taken over, let's say, both branches of Congress, and not only have they taken over both branches of Congress, but you have a lot more MAGA-type heads as opposed to your old-fashioned Republicans, um, could you do some shenanigans? Maybe. I, I I feel like still the odds are against it, but it really is fragile. And the whole Trump experience has proven how fragile it is. Um, and that's enough to be worried. Anyway, we'll take a break and I will be back right after this with a final little bit on congressional stuff. Oh, at least final until I invite Alex to join me. Alex has actually tried to join me midway through each of the past two segments. And I've been like, at the very least, wait till the break between segments to come into the room because it's very distracting when you interrupt in the middle. Of course, by then he'd already interrupted in the middle and I was already distracted and I had to edit out little bits and figure out what I was saying and get back into the swing. So I will see if I can have him in the room in the next segment. We'll see. But regardless of whether or not he's in the room for the next segment, after that, the final segment will just be me and Alex talking. If you're interested in hearing an 11-year-old's thought on his YouTube channel and video games and whatever else may be on his mind. If not, as I said, yeah, we can say goodbye early. But before all that, one more section on Congress and the various legislation that's working its way through or not. Back up for this. 
time the web dot com bang alex and dad gaming videos and more from alex elementary school by day youtube by night alexmzilla.com alexmzilla is a-l-e-x-m-x-e-l-a and dot com is period and then c-o-m Okay, we are back, and it's time to talk about congressional stuff. We've got the eviction moratorium stuff. We've got infrastructure stuff. We've got voting slash gerrymandering stuff. So let's get at it. Uh, first of all, the eviction moratorium. Um, it looks like Congress is doing nothing about this, by the way, but... What happened was, I forget, it was a month, month and a half, two months ago, I, f I forget, the Supreme Court handled a case where someone was contesting the CDC's right to impose an eviction moratorium and to keep extending it. They basically said, no, the CDC can't do that. Uh, we'll let stand the ones that have happened so far, but no more, no more. Uh, and it was kind of clear at that point that the only way forward under that Supreme Court ruling was a legislative solution. And so, apparently, the Congress didn't really think about it. it, it, it here's the thing. Uh, the House ended up leaving town, well, most of them left town, without having actually done anything about this. And I saw a comment quoted from Nancy Pelosi saying, well, the White House only told us there would have to be a legislative solution like a few days ago, and we just didn't have time to do anything. And I'm like, really? The Supreme Court ruling about this was a while back. If you wanted to do something about it, you had plenty of notice, actually. Why were you waiting for the White House to say something? I guess they were wondering if the administration would just try to do something anyway through the CDC or an executive order or something, even though the Supreme Court had pretty plainly said they couldn't do that and it would have to be legislative. Um, and so then, so nothing came of that to extend the eviction moratorium. Now, realistically, whether or not the House did this, uh, it would probably die in the Senate. Uh, this is one of those things that there's no way you get 10 Republican votes for, I don't think. Um, so maybe it doesn't really matter, but it still looks stupid. Like, if you were thinking of doing a legislative solution, there's no reason that the Democrats should have been waiting around for the Biden administration to tell them what to do. They should have just done whatever they were going to do. Um so it just seemed like a really weak excuse. Uh, now, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, I've heard numbers that say, theoretically, millions of people may be in a position where they're going to get evicted or could at least get evicted uh, based on being behind on rent during COVID and the emergency's over and now they owe money. And uh, if they can't pay whatever they need to pay, then uh, their landlords could start the process of kicking them out. Uh, presumably that won't happen instantly. It'll take a little while for that to play out. But the last thing we need right now is a huge influx of additional homeless people across the country. Uh, but 
we'll we'll see what happens um yeah um but it just the thing that struck me about this was simply the excuse it's like really you didn't know this was a situation were you not paying attention like i buy the excuse that oh okay we couldn't couldn't agree on a solution or it's not you know the, we don't have the votes in the senate or whatever but we were surprised by it come on that that just that's just lame okay so beyond that i just started with that because it was quick but because i really don't have much else to say about it and apologies for my squeaky chair i know you can hear my chair right now i really need to do something about that maybe it's time for a new chair you think it's time for a new chair? It's probably time for a new chair. One of the arms of this thing broke off a while ago, and I, I have it, and I have the screw I would need to put it back on, but I just haven't. So, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, getting distracted, getting distracted. Um, infrastructure week. <laughs> infrastructure week continues um and i know the joke is getting lame it was the whole infrastructure week during the trump administration was it seemed like they kept trying to distract from other things by mentioning infrastructure but nothing ever happened um in this case we're actually having movement uh the bipartisan group uh came to an agreement they uh you know they finally got that you know it's interesting you know we'd said the problem before was that when they came out of the white house it was only a very high level outline they didn't have actual legislative text yet they still don't have a actual legislative text but they have a more detailed outline of the solution and that allowed them to go ahead and have the vote again to proceed to open debate on this question um, this time though, they had the votes they needed. Uh, they in fact had more than enough. They had 67 votes. They got 17 Republicans to sign on, uh, to start debate here. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll have all of those votes for final passage. Uh, but they did open debate and, uh, now they are still sort of hashing out the details. I, I've heard that, you know, it's, it's Saturday, July 31st, as I'm recording this, um, and I've heard some talk that they still hope to hash out and have actual legislative text this weekend and a vote really quickly after that. Um, we'll see. Um, and then it goes over to the House. Now, I saw there was one person on on TV, I think it was Nicole Wallace, at one point was saying this might be to Joe Biden's desk as soon as a few days from now. No. No, 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 no. Uh, when it goes over to the House, Nancy Pelosi has said outright that she's going to wait uh, and not bring it up for a vote in the House until the bipartisan reconciliation bill happens, too. And there are more steps that have, have to happen for that. The Senate needs to uh, – there are a lot more steps, you know. Um, now, is it – possible that Pelosi will go back on what she's said on that? I, I don't think so. Because the thing is, there's a whole big section of the Democratic caucus in the House that thinks that alone, this bipartisan bill is awful. Because it's really small and has nothing that they want. And they think their only leverage 
to be sure they have more is to say that they will not vote for this bipartisan bill until the larger Democrat-only reconciliation bill is actually passed. And so all of the back and forth that has to happen on that Democratic-only bill has to happen. They have to go through all of that work. And, you know, I've heard that this is possibly a few more months, you know, for that process to play out. Uh, so I think if if they brought this up for a straight vote right now, it quite possibly would fail in the House because the progressives would not go along with it. Now, does this whole high wire act of saying that we need both to go forward um, risk not getting anything? Well, yes. Yes, it does. Now, you might say that if you get to the point where the Democratic only version of the bill, or not version of the bill, it's a separate thing. If the Democratic only reconciliation bill fails for some reason, then maybe would progressives come around at that point and say, well, better something than nothing. Let's go ahead and pass the bipartisan one. Maybe, maybe, or they might just say, nope, no deal. It's all or nothing. Now, I shouldn't say all or nothing because even on the reconciliation bill, there's a whole question of, well, how much? What's on the table right now is already less than what the progressives really want. And uh, Senator Sinema is saying it's still too much. Uh, and so there's going to be a bunch of negotiation and back and forth. We're going to be hearing about this nonsense for a while yet. Uh, it's still a high wire act. It still could go either way. But, you know, we've gotten some steps along the process that seemed out of reach. Not all that long ago. I mean, you got a bill in the Senate that got 17 Republican votes in addition to all of the Democrats. Um, well, to start debate, not for final passage. We still we still got some steps. But even that is more than we might have thought possible a while back. Um, so I you know, so progress is being made. Um and like I said, uh, uh you know, we've been talking about this forever. You know, if Biden and company actually pull this thing off. And by pull this thing off, I mean getting both the bipartisan bill and a substantial Democratic-only bill actually done, that will be a significant accomplishment. Even if it's, you know, I mean, the, the, the you know, Bernie Sanders and company wanted way more than they're possibly going to get. But even if it's trimmed down a little bit from those ambitions, this will still be a very substantial accomplishment for the Biden administration if they pull it off. If they don't pull it off, it'll come back to being viewed as, there you go, once again, the Republicans have been Lucy pulling away the football from Charlie Brown, and why have you wasted all this time on this effort? Um, we'll see. Now, I, I saw one... Um, yeah, there, there've been some question, like one of the six, one of the 67 senators who voted for this was Mitch McConnell, uh, which brings up the interesting question of why, why is Mitch McConnell on board with this? Uh, because you know, his, his MO, 
for a long time, going back to the Obama presidency, is just stop everything a Democratic president wants to do. Period. End of story. Because, you know, anything that they get done is potentially something that they take credit for, and it gives Democrats momentum both in congressional races and for the presidency. And so just just stop everything. Um, and, and, you know, so why? Why, why, has he go, why is he going along with this? So there was one article in Salon by Amanda Marquette, uh, published July 29th, titled Biden's bipartisan infrastructure bill is already on the fast track to becoming his Pyrrhic victory. Um, and this basically, the, the, the take on this was that this is McConnell's master plan to let through this infrastructure bill, which some Republicans want anyway and are okay with spending some on your roads and bridges and traditional infrastructure, but that by doing this, you guarantee that Senators Manchin and Cinema stay on board the no filibuster reform bandwagon and that they say, look, we can get a lot done. We can work with Republicans the old fashioned way and we can get things done. There's no need for anything crazy like that. And, you know, and, and by giving the Democrats this infrastructure, this core bit of infrastructure that is a lot less than Democrats really want that you basically guarantee a complete stop of anything else on the democratic agenda because to get much further you need you, you can't do anything else without filibuster reform you know maybe you can do this bipartisan thing but i think mcconnell thinks that maybe he can pull cinema off of that cuz cinema's already saying eh, it's still too much money blah 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 and maybe you can make it so they can't even get the 50 votes for the reconciliation um i kind of feel like they can probably get that but at the very least you stop everything else you you make sure that none of the voter rights stuff happens you make sure that Basically, nothing else on the Democratic agenda can possibly get through, and then you count on the Republicans taking over after the 2022 elections in at least the House and maybe the Senate, too, and at that point, the Democrats are done. You know, Then you only have Biden doing whatever he can do by executive order. I'm not sure it gets that fancy, because uh, frankly— you know, Man Mansion and Cinema have already indicated that they're not going to budge on the filibuster questions. Over and over and over and over again, they've said this. Just in the last few days, the, apparently Mansion made some comments that could be construed as him being willing to consider some very narrowly tailored changes to the filibuster procedure for legislation that has to do with voting rights. But he's made things that people can interpret that way before and then gone on to clarify that, no, 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 I'm, no. <laughs> you, know, so, uh, you know, so I don't know that he needs to do anything to 
make mansion and cinema stay where they are. And cinema, frankly, has been even more insistent on not changing anything filibuster related than mansion has been. And we keep hearing that while these two are the ones that talk about it the most, there are a bunch of other Democrats who don't want to do it too. They're just, you know, letting these two take the heat for it. Um, so I, I don't know that McConnell needs to do that. I think it might be much simpler than that. I think it may simply be that there's a significant chunk of Republicans who actually think, you know, this kind of direct infrastructure spending on traditional infrastructure, not like the things that Democrats are trying to say is also infrastructure, but you know, your roads and your bridges and those kinds of things, um, that that's fine. And in fact, they want the improvements in their districts. They want, you know, the, the money to come into their districts to build those things. And they're, they're quite fine with that. And, you know, they, 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 you know, want to make lip service, they want to make lip service to making sure it's paid for and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, they're okay with this. And I think that there are enough of those kinds of senators that McConnell may just need to give them this. You know, and and say, oh, okay, this this one's fine. We can live with this, um, and with faith that the other stuff is still going to be blocked, um, because you know, frankly, the Democrats don't have the votes to do anything with the filibuster, and as long as the filibuster is still there, they can't do anything that can't get ten Republican votes, and most of the gen and you know, almost all of the important Democratic agenda is such that there's no way they would get 10 Republican votes. So, you know, I, I think maybe it's overthinking it to think that, oh, the infrastructure bill is is Mitch McConnell's big victory. Nah, no, but I, I think if, if, if the infrastructure, like I said a few minutes, you know, Yes, like I said, if the infrastructure bill passes and the reconciliation passes, I think that's a big victory for for Biden and for the Democrats. There's I don't think there's any cutting around it. The fact that it's split into the fact that it's split into two even if that happens though allows the Republicans to tell the story that we voted for the good spending. But then the Democrats went crazy and did all this other stuff. And we didn't want that to happen. And that's bad. And tax and spend liberals and blah, 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 blah. They can still do that on the Democratic-only bill while claiming credit for, you know, we built this new bridge in your town. And I think that's probably enough for them. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, like I said, it's 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 on a knife's edge. It's still very delicate, tight wire walk, whatever euphemism you want to work, use for this kind of thing. Uh, but it's it's by no means certain what will happen. It could all come together. It could not come together. We could get anything from nothing to almost everything the Democrats want and various combinations in between that are all still on the table as possibilities. Uh, so we'll see in terms of the, the infrastructure plus reconciliation. Now, the voting stuff, I think the chances of that are much, much lower. And 
let's be specific about one thing. Most of the public conversation about the voting bills that are being discussed has concentrated on the so-called voter suppression, on various things that Republicans are doing in states all over the country to make voting harder. And they, they are specifically doing those things in a way that will disproportionately impact people of color and people who are more likely to vote Democratic. And it's very much intentional, and they're trying to do that. And you you see the argument, and the Biden administration has apparently privately told people themselves, don't worry so much about this stuff. We will out-organize them, and you know, you know, they'll put up obstacles, and we'll jump over them, basically. And I think we've had conversations on this show as well that there's a good chance of this backfiring in terms of those kinds of things, where in the past— when certain obstacles have been put up, it just makes people mad and makes them more determined than ever to vote. Um, but two things there. One, I think there is a tipping point there where at a certain point you make it hard enough that it becomes very, very difficult to overcome with organization. Um, and so they're trying their best to put in enough obstacles to make that difficult. Uh, so we'll see. I, I, I don't want to take for granted that you make it harder for people to vote and they'll just try harder. You know, maybe that's true to a point, but, and, and the other part of it being, you know, in terms of it backfiring is some of the things they're doing will end up affecting their own voters too. Um, and so maybe it's a wash or maybe they actually hurt themselves. There are a lot of possibilities there, but I, I don't, think you want to just say, therefore, we can ignore it and not worry about that stuff. However, of the things that the Republicans are trying to or planning to do before 2022, the voter suppression stuff is actually the least consequential. <laughs> you know, it's important. It's important. I don't want to ignore it. But Two things are more important than that. One is the changes they are making in multiple states to the mechanisms used to certify the votes and who gets to be involved in that process, how they make decisions, uh, whether those are, you know, elected positions or, or appointed positions. Or, you know, are they professionals? Are they not? Uh, basically, the moves that are being made are to put those under partisan control as much as possible so that you have somebody doing that role who is not only, you know, partisan, but you know, it, cause it's one thing saying, oh, well, yeah, it's a Republican who ran for that office, but constructing it in such a way that you can make sure an exceptionally loyal Republican is in place. Uh, and one that might potentially be willing to bend the rules or look the other way or whatever. You know, I, I, I mentioned, um, 
you know, some of the, the some of the stuff Donald Trump and company were trying to do in the aftermath of the 2020 election to influence voting officials. Well, can you structure it in such a way that the voting officials who are in place are willing to be influenced? You know, I mentioned in the earlier segment that, you know, a handful of officials here and there stood fast and did the right thing. What if you could get the people in there who wouldn't, who would refuse to certify the vote because X, Y, Z that they made up was wrong with it. Um, or whatever shenanigans you wanted to do. Um, they've been putting a lot of those things in place. Now, when we, when I talked to this, when I talked to Yvonne about this, you know, he always says things like, look how many people said no. And, you would have to have all of these points of failure fail in order to have something other than the correct result come out of that process. Yes, but they're doing everything they possibly can to influence each of those potential points of failure to try to structure it so that they can get the people in there who would do the wrong thing. And so that's important. And so part of what is being talked about of legislation here. Uh, is dealing with that and mandating certain structures to make sure those processes are fair. And then the last, of course, is plain old-fashioned gerrymandering. Uh, right now, Republicans control the redistricting process uh, in enough states to potentially win them something on the order of 10 or 11 seats in the House of Representatives simply by being good at redistricting. And Republican officials in a variety of states have stated openly that that is exactly their plan. You only need a handful of seats to flip the House of Representatives, all things being equal. 11 or 12 or whatever number of states that you can squeeze out of good gerrymandering, and good in quotes, is enough. That by itself, with nothing else, is way more than enough to flip the house. And we all know that even without redistricting, on the off years, the president's party is at a significant disadvantage no matter what. The historical trend is clear almost all the time. The, the, the presidential party loses ground in midterms. The Democrats cannot afford to lose ground in midterms. Not any. <laughs> um, and so, you know, part of what these voting bills are uh, is the redistricting, is, you know, mandating nonpartisan fair redistricting, you know, and in, in in some states, that'll hurt the Democrats because there's certainly one or two states where the Democrats have done the redistricting thing themselves and have gerrymandered themselves an advantage. Uh, but right now, with the current breakdown and the fact that redistricting is happening, well, I'm going to say right now, but it really will start like next month or something. The Census Bureau will produce the necessary level of detailed results out of the 2020 census that the redistricting process can begin. They're a little bit late doing it. Um, right now on the ground, the Republicans have the advantage in terms of number of states where they control that process. And 
they are openly saying that their plan is to use the redistricting process to pick up as many seats as they can. And, you know, you may be able to out-organize making voting a little bit harder because, you know, you put a lot of money into it, you get people, you get people excited, you get people mad, you come out to vote. You can't out-organize a good gerrymander. Um, it, it fundamentally structures things so that, you know, you're, you are the part, you know, the, in, in this case, the Republicans would be selecting their voters. They would be constructing the districts in such a way that they have a built-in advantage. And frankly, given where the Republican party is today, a situation where the Republicans get control of both the House and the Senate is exceptionally dangerous. Now, of course, gerrymandering only affects the House. Uh, also important and often overlooked, gerrymandering also affects state houses and state Senate races. And there are a number of states where you can get effective partisan lock-in uh, you know, based on gerrymandering of those districts as well. But I, I think in, you know, I said that one of the themes today was people not acting with the appropriate level of urgency. And I think that exists here too, where, I mean, Joe Biden, you know, has, has, done some lip service to the voting rights stuff, but is not, he's not saying, he's not coming out and saying, this is the most important thing right now. And this is absolutely critical. And our democracy hangs on this. And, you know, mansion and cinema, you better fucking get in line. Not that he could make them get in line. So maybe that's one reason not to do it is he knows he would fail, but he hasn't, at least publicly elevated it to that level. Um, and it just looks like on a bunch of these things, uh, you know, look, if the infrastructure thing comes into play, then Biden will have succeeded in the COVID relief bill, succeeded in infrastructure. And those two things alone may end up having enough positive momentum and effect to undo some of the advantage that the out party has during off year elections. So maybe that would be enough, but I don't feel like they're in, in all of this. It seems like they're acting like they have all the time in the world. Uh, they're acting like, you know, this isn't an emergency. They're acting like, you know, eh, if we get this done, great. If we don't, well, we'll just do whatever and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and I feel that's wrong. I feel like the potential consequences of failing to do all this stuff are potentially very severe. Now, it's one of those things where, do am I going to say if they don't pass a voter rights act, then 
the Republicans will take, you know, take over the House and the Senate for sure in 2022. And then in 2024, they'll use that advantage to make sure they win the presidency. And then we'll never have elections again and we'll end our democracy. No, no, I'm not, I'm not predicting that, but I am saying that I think, you know, Old school Democrats like Biden and like Pelosi um, may be underestimating the level of peril and therefore not acting as urgently as they could. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I it just every every time that it seems like these things are moving really, really slowly, I I get anxious. And maybe I should just stop worrying and go with the flow and the, you know, yes, there are a bunch of good things happening, but, um, and and, uh, the other part of that is you can get all urgent as you want, but you also have to recognize reality, which is that with the filibuster and without democratic unanimity on getting rid of the filibuster and pushing things forward anyway, some of these things just aren't going to happen, period. And might as well just get used to that idea. Like, I, I you know, I, I'm saying all this stuff about the voting stuff, but mentally I'm already like, yeah, none of, it would be nice if we had all of that stuff. If we, especially like of everything I listed, you know, if I had to pick one, it's the anti-gerrymandering uh, part of things. You know, make make sure that all all of the states in the union are mandated to do a, a nonpartisan fair commission that, you know, it, it, you know, basically make partisan gerrymandering illegal and say, you have to do it fairly. If that's, if there was one thing I could pick, it would be that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the stuff that's going to undo the voter suppression is going to happen. I, yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen to undo sort of political influence in election officials either. I think that, I mean, maybe it's not impossible, but given that you'd have to, to flip both mansion and cinema and have them do a carve out of the filibuster of some sort, it just seems really unlikely, even when, you know, it seems like Manchin keeps teasing that, you know, cause he's produced his version of the voting bill and keeps implying that if, if he could get that, maybe he'd do something, but he'd still rather hold on to the idea that he can get 10 Republicans to agree to. And I think that's just a pipe dream. Uh, so I don't think this stuff is going to happen, but I still feel like I wish that I saw the Biden administration expressing some urgency on this beyond like, Hey, let's give a speech and then we're done with it, which is kind of what I feel they've done so far. Again, maybe the stuff going on behind the scenes that I can't see, that's just not public yet. And, and maybe it'll burst into view sometime later this summer or early fall or something. But I feel like no. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, I've not, I know I've talked about this the same, and it's basically the same as it's been the last times we've talked about it. Um, the new stuff was on voting. It was, is just mansion once again, sort of 
like I said, there was a statement where he might sometime maybe consider something slightly adjusting the filibuster in some specific cases. Uh, I'm not counting on anything. Anyway, that is it. And that is it for the serious stuff on the show. Um, I will be having another break in just a second. And again, and, and as I mentioned before, my son Alex and I will talk about whatever he wants to talk about, which is likely going to be his YouTube channel and video games and other sort of things that 11-year-olds like. Um, so, if you're into that, stay tuned. Alex would love it. I would love it. Uh, we'll have a little fun. But for the moment... You know the usual. You can get in touch with us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash curmudgeonscorner. You can email us. It's feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. You can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Abelsme, A-B-U-L-S-M-E. My son, Alex, is on Twitter as well. It's W-A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A-W. So it's Alex Emsel, like his YouTube channel, but that was already taken on Twitter, so add a W at the beginning and end of it because his full name is, yeah, as I mentioned last week, I think, his actual first name is William. So Alex Emsel is Alex, Alex M, and then Alex backwards. That's how you get Alex Emsel, and this adds a W at the beginning and end for William. Uh, anyway, so he's on Twitter as well. Yvonne's on Twitter, but he's not here today, so why am I going to plug him? Um, if you really like the show, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Leave us a little tip. Uh, if you leave us and for various amounts, you can get, uh, us mentioning you on the show, us ringing a bell, a postcard, a mug, blah, blah, blah at $2 a month or more. Or if you talk to us a lot through any of those other methods, we'll invite you to our curmudgeons corner slack where all week long we're sharing links and talking about the news and other fun things. Uh, I normally have Yvonne list some of the things that we've been talking about on the Slack. I'm just going to skip that today. That's his thing. And um, yeah, then, uh, and then, you know, tell friends to watch the watch. You can't watch us. This is all audio only. If you have friends that would like the show, tell them about it too. Um, And that's sort of the fake end of the show. Uh, Stay tuned after this break, and Alex and I will talk a little bit more about whatever he wants to talk about for however he however long he wants to talk about it. Well, within reason, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and then we'll end the show again with the real end. But I understand if some of you will leave. But he would really appreciate it, and I would really appreciate it if you stay. So. After this, do, 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 this podcast is sponsored by AlexMzilla.com. AlexMzilla is great. It's on YouTube and it has lots of fun videos. Alex Emzala is awesome and great. I love his videos, and they are obviously better than Curmudgeon's Corner. Well, they're funnier. They're more interesting. And frankly, he seems at least a little smarter than either of the hosts of Curmudgeon's Corner. Honestly, it's ridiculous how endlessly talented and phenomenal Alex Emzala is.
That's how great his YouTube channel is. A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A dot com. Yes. Do, do, do. Ba, ba, do. No, no. He just cut the connection and made it point the wrong place. Rah, rah. But isn't, isn't it omnidirectional? It's two directional. It's not omni. It's this way. And Turn on omnidirectional mode. You unplugged it. But on but on omni, it's gonna get like the computer sound and all this kind of stuff. I don't care. Okay, put away your prop. I don't want. It's not a prop. It's my sword. Which is actually you're still good. further away from it than I am. I don't uh, care. I talk dude. louder than you. Okay, can it get us? It sounds very echoey this way. Echoey, 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 echo, 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 echo. Are you ready to start? Close the door. No, no. Close the door. Can you close the door? I can, but I don't want to. Okay, fine. Are you ready to begin? Yes! Okay, here we go. What happened to your face? It looks like this weird fuzzy thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, silence for a second. Let me introduce you. Uh, I introduce myself. Okay, say we are back from the break and introduce us then. We are back from the break and introduce us then. Okay, do it real. Do an intro to your segment. Um, Alex Samuels Vaughn. Segment is starting. Yay, we're back from the break and my son Alex is with us. So, Alex, what are we going to talk about for this segment? So we have three topics. Three topics. Are are we going to take breaks between the three topics to make it three segments? Or are we just going to talk all the way straight through as one big segment? Three segments. Three segments. Okay, what's... What's the agenda? What are the three segments? Okay. And, and and we are very echoey now. I apologize for that. We I've put the mic into omnidirectional mode so that Alex Yeah, so that Alex echo! So you can hear both Alex and I relatively okay. Anyway, Alex, what are the three topics? Can you add in an echo effect for when I said echo? I think it was echoey enough without any additional No, effects. I want an echo effect. Echo. Okay. Only on the loud echo. So Alex is eleven. You can probably tell. Almost twelve, though. How will you be able to tell? Um. (laughs) um, (laughs) People will just know. Okay. What are the three topics going to be? What are these three segments going to be? And should we use the timer? No. I've been using the timer for my segments, but it's hit zero, and I've ignored it and kept going, so they've all been longer than I intended. I was going to suggest you use the one that's broken, but then I just realized that would mean the segment would never, ever end. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so the three topics are me. Meaning me? No, me. Oh, you. you. The topic is you. Yes. The, The latter you. No, it's me. Oh. Okay. Alex. Alex. It's Alex. The topic is Alex. It, rather self-centered of you, isn't it? Yes. Okay. That's topic one. Yes. What's topic two? 
video games. Of course it is. Video games. And and topic three? How stupid you are. How stupid I am. Yes. Ah, okay. Th- those <laughs> These seem like reasonable segments. Now, I, I expected the first topic to be your YouTube channel, not just you. Yeah, You're broadening. What it means. Oh, wait. It's not broadening it out to everything yeah. about you. So we can yes. talk about your life and your hair and what you like about school and your favorite colors. None of that stuff. It's just really about your YouTube channel. We already talked about this multiple times off of the show. Oh. My favorite color is all colors. Okay. Yeah. And we talked about this. Anyway, let's start with the first segment, which is YouTube. Yes. Okay. Go so, for it. Well, my YouTube. Your YouTube. Okay. Which I, I was just telling people is alexemsla.com. A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A.com. Actually, I mentioned what your Twitter was and that it was based on Alex Emsla, which was your YouTube, but I don't think I actually said alexemsla.com. Maybe I did. But anyway, I've said it now multiple times. But also, also. Yes? A problem that uh, people searching for my channel might have, that you might have, is... um. When you search it, it might try to auto-correct it to Alex Zella because it's like with a you, space, yeah, Alex space X E L A. But it's uh, wait, no M. Yeah, no M. Ah, it takes Cause, out because the, the M is next to the space key. Ah, so it gets confused sometimes. So you have to tell it you really do mean Alex Emsla. Yes. Now, that's if you search on YouTube for yes. it. If you type in alexemsla.com, it will take you there. Yes. Okay. So, what do you want to tell us about your channel? Uh, a very good announcement. Well, I lied in one of the videos. It's called 55. Where it's, and it said, if I got 55 subscribers, we'd get Alex Emsla merch. Oh. That did not happen. Because we've got more than 55 subscribers. Yes. And there's no Alex Emsla merch yet. Yes. So, Alex Emsla merch is coming soon. Oh, is it now? Which will include <laughs> I the I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner mug. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fair. We talked about this. Yes, we did. gave it to me. Um, but that's boring. Um, what's exciting is... Um, how are you doing on your quest to publish 365 videos in 2021? Uh, many videos on my phone. And don't tell them my password. YouTube, where's YouTube? You know what? I'll check later. Okay, yeah. I think you're on pace for about half of that target, actually, if you keep up the pace you've been doing. Which is still very good, by the way. It's like a video every other day. And as soon as we're done with um, this part of the podcast, that means I get my Alex round, right? Or would this not take long enough? Uh, I don't know. Well, we're going to do all three of your segments, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, And then we'll see what comes after that. So, um... What do you think is interesting about my channel? Well, what's the latest series you've been publishing parts of online? Like the newest episodes. Now, I will mention again, I've said this on the show before, 
But for listeners who are new to this, even though Alex is 11 right now, he's publishing videos that were recorded when he was seven. Yes. Hey, you remember to say seven. Instead of six. six. I know. Because he wasn't six anymore. He very recently published the videos that were recorded on his seventh birthday. So now he's seven. Wait, not now. Oh, no, right, back yeah. Then. Not, yeah, back then you were seven, now you're 11, but almost 12. Yes. Um, so... And 12 is almost 13, which is almost 15, which is almost 16, which means you'll be driving, like, tomorrow. Practically. Um, anyway, so... Your question was the... Ser- the most recent series, series you've been publishing. If somebody went to alexemsel.com right now, what would the most recent videos be and what's cool about them? Uh, building time. Building time. Yes, exactly. Building time. You don't time. have a bow. Who will win and who will fall? Find out when sky. we burn the wall. Building yes. time. We, we copied building time off of something that was on... Stampy, it's Stampy Long Nose, not Stampy Long Face or something, right? Stampy. Yes. It, he has got two channels. One, one of them's a nose and one of them's head, right? Yes. Stampy Long Nose and Stampy Long Head. But Stampy Long Nose is the one that has all the videos, right? Uh, all the main, that's his main channel, right? Uh, anyway, Stampy Cat, years ago now, probably around 2016, when the uh, videos that Alex is posting now were recorded, uh, um, had a series with iBallistic Squid mm-hmm. called Building Time, where they would have building contests. And so we did a couple of videos like that where Alex would build something and I would build something and on the same theme and we'd judge who was best. Yes. And so the most recent ones were from that series. Yes. Um, on the theme. Burrito Invasion. Right. Burrito Invasion. And I built something, and Alex built something. And actually, for anybody listening, go to alexemsla.com, watch the videos, especially the last one. Did we did we post the one yet where the final versions were? Yes. We okay. Did. So we posted... Because we posted both of them at the same time. Yeah, so there were two episodes. One where, where you saw a lot of building, and then the second one, we finished Alex finished the building. The building. And then we showed off our builds. So watch at least the second one where we show off their builds. Mm-hmm. And then in the comments on the video, vote for who you think had the best build. So also, the, so also, we know who wins. And, and suggest the next topic also, for a new building time. Except years we've later. already done that. Oh. I don't know what it was, but we, we've already done the next voting time. We've done the next few building times. Um... But, but you can still suggest a topic and you can still vote so we can see who won. Because it's yeah. been years now since we did these builds and we still don't know who won, right? Yeah. Um, anyway. I won. I won. Spoilers. Dad's burrito had a better block for the tortilla than mine. So, bomb. so actually, like, I, I will say, Alex is the better Minecraft builder. I, I will yes. admit this. Also, also in the, but, first, but, in, uh, in the first building time episode, well, the first one of the burrito invasion, 
as like I'm the bastard builder, so I don't get a boundary. <laughs> yes, but I will say on this particular Even build, I wasn't very good at building. Yeah, on this particular build, I think I did better. Most of the time, I think you win. What about the? You broke the rules. What rule did I build? Break. You had to include ducks. I didn't even know that was a rule. And also, I got disqualified because I went past out of the... bounds. Yes. So I win. No, we both we... lose uh, because we were both disqualified. Well, you know, and, well, I and, guess if we're both disqualified, neither of us are disqualified. And, and listen, since since this build, you know, was recorded in 2016, Alex has gotten so so much better at his Minecraft builds. And my skills, if anything, have deteriorated. Wow, so I thought you got slightly better. You think? Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. But Alex is a Alex is so creative at his builds. I kind of am not. But on this particular build, from how many years ago was it? Two thousand eighteen, nineteen? No, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Five years ago. These these videos from five years ago. Um, almost five years ago. I think they're, these were recorded in September. Yes. And it's the end of July right now. So just short of five years ago. Yes. Um, on this particular build, I think I actually did do better than you. Also back then, I had something very simple for when I built houses. What was that? Well, block for wall, different block for floor. Different block for ceiling and pyramid or flat roof. Gotcha. And that's it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. My build didn't even involve a house. It yeah. was a it was actual burrito. Well it was a spaceship burrito. Yeah. Because the burrito was. Oh, no, wasn't you're fake. gonna have to add a spoiler alert, right? Spoiler alert. Is it too late? Yes. Oops. You're gonna have to edit one in. Oh. Or I am, in the form of lots of ducks quacking. Quack, quack. Yeah, so we'll just put that at the beginning. So is it a spoiler that there are ducks in this build, too? Yes. Oh. Um, anyway. Yes. What else about my channel? Well, before, and, right before building time, you had a whole bunch of Five Nights at Freddy's videos. Yes. So well, what? Well, the little before. Was there something in between? There was a, yeah. like a portal video or something in between? Yeah, there were a few things, oh. I think. So anything else to tell people about what they would see if they went to alexemsla.com today? FNAF. FNAF. Well, that's what I just mentioned. <laughs> so tell us about the FNAF videos. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Okay, so I'm pretty sure we start off on night two. And after... In the I, most recent yeah. video. Well, no, not in the most recent video. What about in night this one? string of videos. Oh, okay. But if you go to the playlist, you can start all the way at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, like, seven videos recorded in a row. So, first, we we're stuck on night two for, like, ten episodes. And then... Dun, 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 night three. <laughs> okay, then yeah, we completed night three in like two episodes, and then night four in like one episode, and night five in like two again, and then we got all the way to night six. Which is the end? 
No, wait, night five would be that. It's five nights at Freddy's. Yeah. So what's up with night the six? two bonus nights. Bonus nights. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, what's five nights at Freddy's? With... I guess we should have told them what Minecraft is, too. <laughs> yeah, tell them. We My... know this isn't the video game segment. Oh, this is the... Yes, but it's yes. the you, your channel segment. Yes, but you can't explain what the games are about until the video game segment. Oh, okay. Segment. So just what the videos are about. So what yes. are what is the video about? The video is mostly about Videos. you jumping around the room, making me play a game I don't like. Yes. Yes. And then winning. And then winning. Yes. By the fact that you made me play. Yes. Yeah, so you win. Yes. Okay. What else? What else? Is there anything else about your channel you would like to highlight? Things you have planned? But you're deciding you what to highlight. I am? Yes. Be sure to watch um, Daddy Wrecks the Restaurant. Yes, that's our third episode. That's our third episode ever. Um, and AKA Minecraft Meltdown 2. Yeah, and be sure to watch Teacher and Student. Is that what it's called? Math with teacher and Math student. Math with teacher and student. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to... Uh, which, what episode number was that? It isn't. Oh. Which is why, in a few years, once I actually get to it in order, I'm planning to re-upload it with a number. Gotcha. But right now, scroll back to... But for now, scroll back to, when was it? September 2020? Yes. Scroll back to September 2020. You'll find, you know, you you go to the videos tab. You'll see the videos in order. Scroll back to September 2020. You'll find one called Math with Teacher and Student. Yes. Or Student and Teacher? Teacher and Student? Teacher and Student. Math with Teacher and Student. Um, it's a video Alex made um, parodying something that actually happened in his Zoom classroom early on in... Uh, what was it was fifth grade for Alex, and um, it was quite amusing. We actually shared it with the teacher. It kind of made fun of the teacher a little bit, and at first the teacher was like, "Ah," eh. but then she saw the humor in it and actually shared it with the entire class, mm -hmm. and the class enjoyed it. So I'm awesome. There you go. That, that's what it means, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. What that's else, Abu Smay? I think that's enough for your channel, and we should take a break and come back and talk about video games. No, that's just because you hate my channel. I love your channel. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, stop. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, sit. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Okay, now, if, if we're going to continue this, no attacking daddy. No assaulting the microphone. You and I need to remain approximately equidistant from the microphone, and you need to talk. Um, now, I, I will oh, point also, out... Also, also, Dad, I'm pretty sure I discovered why we couldn't find the Tempest's face cam. Uh, he's now talking about an episode he's editing now where he's trying to find all the parts of it to edit it together. It yes? doesn't have one. Oh. See, this one just says xbox.txt, okay? And over here, this one says Sam phone and Xbox. Ah, so, so you... So all the rest have the device the face cam was recorded on. Yeah, so we think that episode has no face cam. Yes. Got it. Now, uh, just for anybody listening to, if 
if Alex's volume is very different than mine, I try to correct for this as much as possible in post-processing, but we're using one microphone and Alex is not very good at staying a consistent distance from the microphone and he keeps moving further away and closer and further away and closer and not, and not necessarily... <laughs> and not necessarily speaking at the same volume as me anyway. Like when Yvonne and I do this, we, we, we are, our voices are, are on separate tracks. So I can I'm yelling and you can hear yeah. me well. Yeah, so when Yvonne and I do this, our voices are on separate tracks and I can adjust them separately. This is one microphone, so it is what it is. So, so we talk anyway. over each other, you can't change it. Dun, 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 yeah. Yeah, when Yvonne and I talk over each other, I'm also sometimes able to separate it so you can hear what both of us say separately and make it come out and seem good or, you know, pick one of us or whatever. Anyway, I can't do any of that in this setup. Yes. So, okay. Correct. Anything else to say about your YouTube channel before we move on to video games? It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and also... Yeah. Episode 300 is very soon. Ooh. We're almost at episode 300. And that's only of the numbered episodes. There are yeah. a bunch of unnumbered things, too. Yeah, because someone forgot to um, add numbers for those episodes when they were recorded. Well, so and some of them were live streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't talk about the live streams. We won't. Pay attention to the live streams until we reach them in order. And then we decide whether or not they're good to keep on my channel and edit. Well, the original is, well, original. The best you can get to the original would be moved to my second channel. And edited versions would be on my main channel. Or I just get rid of all of those entirely because I can't mess with the face cam. Mm. Anyway, anything else about your channel before we take a break and come back and talk about video games? How many different times have I changed my icon? Three. Okay, what was the first one? Miley. Incorrect. It was me. What was the second one? Miley. Me with sock. What was the third one? The sock's name was Miley. No. What was the third one? Miley. No, it was me and Miley. Oh, okay. What episode did we properly celebrate the 100 episode special? 101. Incorrect. 99. Incorrect. 100. Incorrect. The correct... Well, we did sing a little in episode 100, but the correct answer is never. Really? Yeah. We said in episode 100, we're like, since we're still in Blapature, we'll do it in 101. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we sung a little in that episode. About episode 100. 100 yes. Episode 100. Episode 100. That was the song, right? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we said it would be 101, and then 101 wasn't it. Then we, we said we'd do it in 102, which was Failure Breaks, and it was called, like, Sorry Not 100 Episode Special or something. And then we never ended up doing it. That's a shame. Maybe we should record one tomorrow. 
Well, it will be a little late. We're already out like episode 2000. Yeah, or episode something. Episode 2000, episode 2000. Yeah, we're way behind on posting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Alex is currently taking things from the second of eight multi-terabyte hard drives that we have with video videos recorded on them. Uh, so we, we've got eight of these drives. They range from, I think the smallest one is three terabytes and the biggest one is six or maybe even eight terabytes. We've sort of gotten bigger drives as we've gone on and they've become available for reasonable prices. And so we've got eight of these hard drives full of his recorded videos. Well, actually, we have more than that because some of them have died. Well, yeah, because we've re- we've had to. Some of these have our, the drives have been old enough that they failed, and we've had to restore from backup. But the everything from the first drive, the original Alex Emsola drive, has now been published. We're about yes. what halfway through the second drive. Yes. And but but we've got eight drives full of stuff. So yes. he's got years and years of content to publish. Also, I, I keep joking that by the time he catches up. With the videos that have already been recorded by right now, he'll be my age. Yeah, but my original estimate was um, actually 19 years. But that was a few years ago. (laughs) And now I've changed my estimate to be about four years. So you're about to turn 12. You think you can fully catch up by the time you're 16? Yeah. Including any new videos you record? Yeah. But you think you're going to stick to... Like you decide, like you were doing some live streams and publishing a few videos out of order, like new videos that you would publish right away. But you've now decided that Never you are going to do that ever again. Yeah. You, so you you think you'll do all these in order. So like you've recorded some new videos in the last month, but you yes. don't anticipate publishing those until you publish everything that was recorded before them. So it'll be years until those are published. Except the 5th of July special, which we started putting on your channel. Yeah, I I published several episodes of the 5th of July special on my YouTube channel. Yes. But anyway, next segment after this break. Do... Hey, no, you're supposed to do, do, do. Oh, okay. Should we do... Do, do... Together? Uh, yes. Okay, give With me some sort echo, of signal. Give echo. me some sort of signal on when do, to start. Wait, no, some sort of signal. Don't just start. Like, do, like, your hand or something. No, 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 no. Hitting the microphone. Okay, ready? Well, I'll do my hand. Ready? Three, two, one. Ow! That's not a do-do-do. <laughs> Are we ready for this break or not? Signal in three, two, one. My my voice broke or something. That came out all wrong. Remember to add the echo when you edit that. You're listening to this podcast. Do you like it? No. Do you want to support the show? No. Well, after you have subscribed to the show, followed us on Facebook, and told all your friends they should be listening to, what else can you do? I won't subscribe! You can help fund our Patreon at patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Patreon is a way you can throw us a few bucks a month to help out with the expenses of the show. You know, 
web hosting, equipment, a little bit of advertising to promote the show, and maybe every once in a while some much-needed sedatives for Yvonne. At different contribution levels, you can get a mention on the show, a Curmudgeon's Corner postcard, or even a Curmudgeon's Corner mug. Fun stuff. Not fun! In any case, the contributions help tell us that you enjoy and appreciate the show. I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner! Are we worth a buck a month? No! Five bucks a month? No! Or if you are nuts about us, maybe even more. If we're worth anything to you at all, send it our way at patreon.com slash curmudgeon's corner. Alex hates. Really, really hates. Curmudgeon's corner! That's what we mean, isn't it? But I hate curmudgeon's corner. But I really do! Okay, get back into position. Get back into position. Stop messing with the thing. And don't stand on that. You're going to break it. Don't stand Ow! There we go. Okay, get in get into position. Get a little closer. You're pretty you're I'm closer now. <laughs> try to be the same distance from it as I am. No, on on your side. Okay. okay. I'm same distance from it. But facing the other way. Okay, we are back. Did you did did you want? Echo. Wait, when when you can't hear it, we might not be recording. Echo, echo. Wait. Okay, we are back. Obviously, um, so now. Video, video games. games. Now can we explain what Yes, explain. M- what Minecraft and yes. Five Nights at Freddy's are. Uh, yeah. Ooh, high trees. I, I bet people know. These are both really popular video games, right? Yes. So Five Nights at Freddy's. You but wake Minecraft up Minecraft has to be first. Wait, Minecraft has to be first? Yeah, because we talked about it first. Okay. Minecraft is a game where you are the night guard at a restaurant. <laughs> Nah. What? You're a blocky night guard at a restaurant. And no, zombies no. try to kill you and sometimes spiders. No. No, that's wrong. That's wrong? Yes, Minecraft. Minecraft is a game where you pretend to f- where you pretend to fly a plane. You can do that. And that's not what it's all about. What's it all about? I thought it was about slaying a dragon. And that's how you like complete the game. Come in closer. Now that's Not that close. Complete. That's how you complete the game. That's how you complete the game. But if it's a sandbox game, what do you mean? Is there an end? Wait. End. Yes, obviously. That's where you fight the dragon. And the dragon is red and green. It's black and blue. Black and purple. Mm-hmm. I thought it was all black. It's got purple also on it. It has some gray on it. Yeah, oh. it has purple eyes and a purple tongue. We're talking about the Ender Dragon. Yes. And purple breath. Which you defeat by blowing up beds. 
You can do it that way. Or by shooting it with fireworks. You can also do that. You really? You can? Yeah, you can shoot fireworks out of crossbows. And they, it actually damages the Ender Dragon? I think so. Huh. And huh. if it hits it and explodes. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't know you could actually hurt things with fireworks. In, really, I mean, in real life, obviously. Really, but I meant in Minecraft. We haven't tried shooting fireworks out of crossbows to kill things. No, I haven't. Or tried elytraing in survival mode with fireworks that actually explode. I have not. I have not. Because both of those hurt things. Oh. Okay. So, Minecraft is Minecraft. You build things. And th- you mine I think things. You mine things. things. You mine things and you craft things. That's why it's called Minecraft. And this is one of those things where, like, yes, you can play it to sort of, quote-unquote, win the game. You go kill the dragon and blah, blah, blah. But most people don't. I mean, most people do kill the dragon at some point. But most people, the point of playing is building things and building things that look cool. Like, yeah. And and you, and it's more challenging in survival mode where you have to collect your resources, but creative mode is fun too. And what about adventure mode? I don't even understand adventure in mode. In adventure mode, it's just the same as survival mode, but you can't interact with anything. But with most things. Right. Um, My glass tie too. So, what have you been doing lately in Minecraft? Not on your channel. What have you been doing lately in Minecraft when you've actually been playing it now as an 11-year-old, not as a 7-year-old? Because we already talked about how as a 7-year-old we played Building Time. Well, you as a 17-year-old, me as a whatever my current age minus 5 is. Why are you laughing at me? Uh, Okay. Don't you remember what we played, like, yesterday? You were you were trying to make a Rubik's Cube out of Endstone. No. Redstone? No. Command blocks. Yes. Okay. Well, out of wool and command blocks. Mm-hmm. Have you succeeded yet? No. You remember how far we got. Well, I didn't know if you've worked more without no, me. No, I right? haven't. We also have to make it bigger. So it's an even number of blocks wide. Hmm. Because odd is causing you difficulties. But you've figured out the command blocks necessary to rotate a face of the cube? Um, almost. Almost. Okay. Because you can do all kinds of fancy things with command blocks. Mm-hmm. In, in another world you're working on right now where you have Death Run? That's the same world. Oh, it's the same world. Well, you have a Death Run mm-hmm. where you have, you've built various obstacles that people have to get past. But you have one area that randomizes what obstacles go in the player's path. Well, it's the same obstacle, just randomized course for the Okay, well, you, you randomize a course. Yeah. But now four, there are four courses. There are four courses, but it randomly picks which of the four are going to be in your way, 
based on the current location of a sheep? A so pig. A pig. Based on the current location of a, a pig. sheep for something else. Because there's not a direct, like... The pig's name is Big the Pig. Big the Pig. Mm -hmm. There's not a direct random number command you can use inside Minecraft, at least not one I'm aware of. But the animals move around randomly. So he's trapped a pig within a two-by-two two area. And depending on which of the four squares the pig is on top of, he detects the current location of the pig and uses that to determine which random course you were given. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And don't worry. I was nice to the pig. I gave it some carrots and some flowers. Gotcha. So it's happy, even though it's forced to live in a two-meter-by-two-meter two area for its entire life. Yes. Luckily, its entire life is infinite, unless it dies. I also gave it tons of... <laughs> wait, wait. Isn't that true of everything? Its life is infinite unless it dies? I mean, of course, every living thing dies, but it's still true that its life is infinite unless it dies. Right? Yes. <laughs> and also, one time, I was working in Big the Pig's area, and then I destroyed the wall to try to do something, and then Big the Pig flew out the edge. <laughs> what? <laughs> because he... Because he had so high of speed, he just... Dead. Wait, did Big the Pig die? And then fell. So Big the Pig's life was not in fear. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought he was dead. Um, so I made you restore the world from backup. Oh, okay. But then after it happened a second time, I discovered that Big the Pig had so much health, he could probably survive that fall like ten times. Oh, okay. Anyway, yes. now for FNAF. Now for... Now for... Now for... I can't even say Now it. for SNAF. Now for FNAF. F-N-A-F, which stands for Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's is an open world building game where you build things out of blocks creatively and that's you have to you have to find the resources in order to build what you want to build. That's Minecraft. These games are so similar. I keep getting confused. It's closer to the Minecraft slash FNAF thing that you tried doing at the very beginning. I tried to do something. Oh, where, where you're at a restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. And you have to build the food out of blocks. No, 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 no. No. That's how you do it. What do you build the food out of? You don't. It, it's a VR game. Where you get the instructions and you have to pull the ingredients from one side and no, put them... No, not quite. But there is a VR version of the game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And you have okay, to make it's pizza. It's called FNAF VR. And you have to make pizza. No, you don't have to make pizza. But isn't it a pizzeria? Yes, it is a pizzeria. So where's the pizza? In the day. Or on Chica. Chica? Yeah. Who's Chica? Chica's a pig. No, Chica's not a pig. Chica's a chicken. Duck? Chicken. Chicken. Yes. Thus, cheek in chicken. Yes. Except not the part of your face. Yes. But... Animatronic chicken. 
animatronic chicken. Okay, what? So, what's going on? You're supposed to be explaining. I'm explaining? Yes! Well, I tried, and you told me I was wrong. Try again. Keep on trying till you run out of cake. That's portal. Yes, it's portal. Two. No. Three. No, that doesn't exist. It really should. But Valve can't count to three, I've heard. Yes. Yeah. Or they probably can. They just don't want to. <sighs> but they did make that portal construction bridge thing. Yeah, that's what Portal 3 is. Yeah. Portal bridge constructor. Right. That's Portal 3. Anyway, what is FNAF actually? FNAF is a game where you are stuck in a chair in a guard's office at a pizzeria that's based on Chuck E. Cheese, but not really, because unlike Chuck E. Cheese, at least I hope unlike Chuck E. Cheese, the animatronics try to kill you. <laughs> Which I, last time I went to Chuck E. Cheese, the animatronics were a little bit creepy, but they did not try to kill me. Of course, I was only there in the daytime. Yes. So it might have been entirely different at night. And why are you actually at the pizzeria and have to, why do you have to actually guard? Because it's nighttime and you want to make sure nobody steals the pizza? No, you want to make sure the animatronics don't die. Wait, why would the animatronics die? Because they might get hurt. Why they're who? In free, they're in free roaming mode. What if one just walked into the oven? Oh. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. And why are the animatronics trying to kill you? Uh, because they think something's wrong that you're not in an animatronic suit? Yes. <gasps> I got something right? Yes. Oh, my. And then You aren't in an animatronic suit, so that's against the rules. Oh, now so why... So they stuff you into one and in the process kill you. Why does it kill me to get inside a stuffed animal suit? Because it's, it has all of the animatronic parts inside. Oh. And what are they, like knives or something? Yes. Oh. That seems unsafe. Exactly. That's why you die. So I'm guarding them so they don't get hurt. Yes. But then they hurt me? Yes. Anyway, you have to watch a whole bunch of cameras and see how they're moving around the pizzeria. You're stuck in place. You can only view things through the camera, at least in the first game, which is the one Alex and I were talking about yeah. playing. There are a whole bunch of sequels. Not um two. But then three. Yeah, yes, yes. And three, four, four doesn't even have a camera. Right. Anyway, you have to make sure like if, if they get into the room where oh. you are, they'll jump scare you and kill you. And kill you. Um, and the goal of the game is to make it through five nights in this pizzeria without letting the animatronics. Yeah, plus bonus nights. Without letting the animatronics kill you. Is Did I get it right? Yes. And, and why do you like this game? I, I find this game incredibly tedious and boring, to be honest. I, I mean, like, it doesn't help that I don't really understand. Like, there are all sorts of video and audio oh, cues also, and also, strategies also, and blah 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 but i also, it's just also, all over also, my also, head also. Yes? something i didn't mention is yes, um, the cheese 
I think the reason why we started completing night so fast was because that's the time when we started using the wiki. Yeah, the wiki that would give us strategies for getting through the nights. Yes. Now, I didn't really understand the strategies. They just said, do this, then this, then this, then this, and do it over and over again. And so I did. And then most of the won. time I would still die, yeah. but eventually I would succeed following the strategy. And I think, yeah, and I think that's why we won. The, the first night or first two nights took us like many, many episodes to get past. The first night... It was just you know, me stumbling around. The first night was completed halfway through the first episode. Oh, okay. And halfway through the second episode because we switched from my iPad to your phone because my iPad was dead and I didn't want to wait to charge it. So we got it on your phone and then never switched back to my iPad again. Gotcha. So the first night was basically just easy as an introduction to the game. Yes. And it started getting hard at night two and night two took us like five years or something. It took us like six. Well, between when we recorded it and when we posted it, it was five years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I I understand that if you're really sort of paying attention, like it's got all kinds of audio cues and video cues and you can, there there is a way you can play it and actually like understand. But my personal, like I never understood anything about what I was doing. I was basically just hitting buttons and hoping to live and... Uh, most of the time dying and just and every once in a while it would jump scare me and like I said I, I find this series tedious and boring but a lot of people love them Alex loves them but mainly because I get to watch you get scared yes uh, and, and like all these episodes online when Alex was I think you started it when you were six and we finished the first one when you, when you were seven um he wouldn't actually play. He would just make me play. Well, he played once for about 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. You made me play. And the whole time I'm going, I hate this game. Can we please play something else? Anything else? We're never going to get past this night. Exactly. Next episode, we get past this night. Right. And then that will probably happen again soon. Okay. Anything else to snay? To snay? To snay? Any, anything snay. else about FNAF? No. Any other video games which you would like to speak of? What video games would you like to speak of? Um, well, the last one you and I played together, other than Minecraft and FNAF... Was Chicken! Was Chicken. C-H-K-N. Which yes. is available on Steam. Explain Chicken. Um... <laughs> It's a VR game where you pretend to be an auto mechanic uh, and you f solve no. some mazes and puzzles. No. N no? It's not quite it. It's not what? It's not quite it. Not quite it. I th what, what was I talking about? Some other game. I Maybe it was, I think it might have been even a combination of two games. Yeah, probably. The the one with the mouse, the VR game with the mouse. Yes, yes, yes. Moss. Moss. And the VR game where you pretend to be a mechanic. What's that one called? Uh, Job Simulator, right? Yeah, you don't pretend to be a mechanic. You pretend to be all kinds of things. And one of them is a mechanic. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, Chicken, 
is a game where you construct creatures mm-hmm. and you run around. I, I I haven't figured out any point to it other than that. The main thing is I you construct figured. you construct strange looking creatures with and they're funny. With other creatures' body parts. With other creatures' body yeah. parts. So it's like, sort of like, you know, a long time ago there was this game called Spore where you would evolve creatures and they would have a little adventure. Oh yeah, we need to continue our series it, on that. Yeah, and... and this is like like Spore. There was a lot of hype about Spore when it first released because the whole notion was you started the game as like a, a single-celled organism, and by the end of the game, you were a spacefaring civilization, and you could design the creatures as they evolved through that uh, process, and it all sounded really cool. But then once it launched, the execution wasn't what people expected so lots of people were very disappointed in the game as it actually was released um and so it just kind of fizzled pretty fast uh but you know we've played a little bit of spore yeah. have we ever played the real game or only the spore constructor we played the real game didn't we uh, mm. i don't know anyway the this sort of takes the creature construction part of spore um but makes but- it a little blockier yeah, but not the starting as not yeah, being no, it, the creature yeah. or traveling through space. None of that. None of that. It just has the creature construction part. And like in Spore, you get all the body parts that you can put together, but they're sort of smooth and whatever. This sort of has a blocky look to it, kind of like Minecraft, but not quite. So they're like different sizes of blocks, half blocks, eyes, wings, arms... Horns, legs, yeah. So you can basically you construct these strange-looking creatures, and you can walk them around a, a little mini world, and you can you can have them fight each other. You can, uh, and, and uh, I don't know how mini is the world anyway. It's not that big. Like we've gone to the edge of the world. I think it's it's yeah. it's not like Minecraft where there's a really haven't we? No, I don't think so. I I don't think you can go very far. There's that one little valley, and I think that's it. Yeah, no, I we've went outside the valley before. We have? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Is there any point to going anywhere? Yeah, to get new creature parts. Because only some creatures spawn in the valley. Oh. You have to go further away for, like, mechanical dinos. Oh. Okay. Okay. Anyway, you've, so that's the only one I have yeah, in mind. And also, different body parts give you different abilities. Like lasers. Yes, and fire breath. You get a laser if you add a stomach. No, you get a laser if you add a, a uh, dinosaur eye. Oh. Obviously, it's a robot dinosaur. Because real, real dinosaurs didn't have laser eyes? Yeah, and those don't exist in this game. Because... We all know that birds don't have laser eyes. And birds are not really dinosaurs. And the only kind of bird that is actually in the game is, is the chicken. Right. And the name is, it's named chicken because these creatures are all called chickens, even though only one of them is really a chickeny. Or I shouldn't oh. say one of them because there's an infinite number of potential creatures. Infinite? Not quite. 
because true there's, there's definitely a size limit to how big you can have your and there's a there's a specific number of blocks so you could calculate actually all the combinations but so astronomically high that it might as well be infinite yeah yeah but those chickens are spelled differently than the real chicken yeah yeah c h k n yeah, well, the chicken parts are spelled the same way a normal chicken would be, but the creatures are spelled chicken instead of chicken. Gotcha. Okay, anything else about chicken? No. It, it can it, it, have we oh, done it? Except, except. Yes. Um, crab shell. What about crab shell? Well, he's building a dragon. Okay. And I decided to have an armored version of the dragon. And of course, the he block with the most armor. Of course, it was crab blocks. So I gave it crab armor. And I had the idea for Crab Shell, who was a dragon. Okay? The war giant Crab Shell. Okay. But that isn't actually in the game. Can, can we at this point end the segment on video games and start the segment on why I am stupid? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you want to take us into the break? Sing on. Three, two. Do, do, do. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening Best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, we're recording. Get in position. Okay, I'm in position. Oh no.
Okay, you ready to start? Yes. Are you going to take us back out of the break, or should I? But a different echo effect this time. I, I don't know that I have a lot of echo Wacko! 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 Okay, so now it's time for the Why Daddy is Stupid segment. Um, I'm stupid? Yes. I'm not stupid. I'm very, very smart. Last time, a few years ago, you said I'm very unstupid dish. I'm very unstupid. I can't even say that. That's because I'm smart. So we have we have a dog here. His name is Jetski for and he's gonna have an interview. You're gonna interview the dog. Yes, I'm gonna interview Jetski. Okay. And uh Jetski? Jetski's our younger dog. We also have an older dog, Miley. She's much more chill. And she's off somewhere else in the house. So, Jetski, first thing, no sign language. Because you need them to be able to hear you because they can't see you. So, no sign language. Uh, okay. Understand? So, why do you think Dad is so stupid? I said no sign language. I guess you, um... I guess you don't really understand that I'm saying no to sign language. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, I think he's going to say something. I really hate Daddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was the dog talking. <laughs> okay. You hate Daddy, okay? I understand that you hate Daddy. That's not the question. <laughs> well, I hate him because he is stupid. Okay. Okay. Gus is stupid. Uh, mommy is stupid too, but I don't hate her. Okay. Um, why do you think Daddy is so stupid? Because he has a terrible memory, so he forgot everything he learned in school. Okay, Jetski, you can have your treat. So that's what Jetski says. Yeah. What do you say to that, Abusmay? I remember everything that ever happened, not just. In my life, but to the beginning of time. Uh, yeah, not really. I can't even remember what happened ten minutes ago. <laughs> I have, I have such a bad memory. Like I have to rely on like written notes and pictures and everything. Uh, like I, I, you know, if if something happens to me, and I am not. M- you know, memorializing it in some way, I have a really difficult time remembering all but the most general details of it. Like, and I'm really bad with people's names. I'm bad with lists. Like, if somebody, like, one of the recurring things is, like, you know, Alex or my wife or somebody will send me out to, like, get food or something, there is no way, like, if they tell me a list of three things they want from the store, that I can possibly remember it by the time I get there. No way. So I have them text it to me or something because I, I, I know, like, you can say, get milk, cheese, and 
What's the third thing you could get at a store? Eggs. Eggs. Get milk, cheese, and, and what's the third thing you could get at the store? Eggs. Oh, eggs. See, like, I, I actually did remember yes. eggs that time. Yes, you did. But, like, if you actually sent me to the store, I would have difficulty remembering that I was there for milk, cheese, and eggs. I might actually be able to remember something that simple, but anything even slightly more complicated, add a fourth or fifth item. Or make one of the things, like, instead of just saying eggs, I want the grade A white large eggs, I'm done. I cannot remember that. But also just things like, you know, if you ask, like, I mentioned being mad at bad at bad names. At names. <laughs> but it's also, like, just people... Yeah, you like, are very bad at names. Like, if you ask me, like... I, you call... Jetski uh, like, Alex and oh, oh, Alex oh, oh, oh. Jetski. Yes, I do that all the time. I cannot <laughs> even remember the names of the people in my own family. I get them wrong all the time. But beyond that, like at work, okay, there's a set of people I work with, and I could kind of tell you who I work with today. But if you know, but this turnover at work. If you asked me who are the people I worked with last year or the year before, you'd have no idea. I might be able to remember some of the ones who were there then and are still there now, but like there were a couple people that left the team last year. I, I struggle to remember their names or their faces or even what they did. I, I can, I can pull up some of that in my head, but if you ask me like five years ago or 10 years ago or further, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I'll be able to pull out a few names of people that, of people that I interacted with a lot, you know, so, dude, come back. I was just getting someone else for another interview. Uh, okay, uh, another interview. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so, why do you think... Dad is so stupid. I don't think Dad is stupid at all. I think he has a very Leave! special Leave! mind. Leave! A very Leave! <laughs> Leave! Okay, that interviewee was rejected because she tried to say I wasn't stupid. That that was my daughter Amy, by the way. Um, so I was just saying, like, you know, if if you were talking about like People I worked with many oh, years ago. Okay, okay. I'm not focus, focus, oh, well, aren't fo focus on the conversation. We have, another, we have another person. Anyway, like I can remember like the two or three people I worked with the most at most of my previous jobs. But if you get sort of further out from that central circle, I would remember if you reminded me, but I'd have a really hard time bringing it to mind. And, like, ask me for people from, and I guess the same thing is true of college, high school, whatever. Uh, I, I remember the sort of most critical names. Like, I, I feel like my mental capacity is for my maybe three or four names from any given time. I don't know. Beyond that, it, it gets hazy for me. I mean, if you pushed me, I could probably do a little further, but it's harder to bring to mind. Anyway, Push. enough. Push. Uh, no, no, okay. Push. Okay, enough about my memory. Why else am I stupid? Well, I think you're stupid because you're under arrest! No, 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 no. Uh, 
No attacking daddy. And, and no bopping the microphone. Okay, I threw the person who was attacking you out the window. Um, um, what was the question? Oh, yeah. Why do Why am I yes, so yes, yes, smart? Yes. No, why are you so stupid? Wait, I'm not stupid. Well, I... Get out! Leave! 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 Uh, oh, someone is being kicked out because they said Daddy wasn't stupid. <laughs> um, I think Daddy is stupid because he is. Oh. And he's bad at math. I'm bad at math? Yes. He has forgotten math. I've forgotten arithmetic. Well, I never knew arithmetic. Also, 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 also. I was always bad at arithmetic. Also, also, also. I was good at calculus. Also, um. Yes. Daddy is very bad at thinking of what he wants to do at any given time. I'm trying to take away the crinkly thing from Alex, but it's not working. It's a high chew. Grape flavored wrapper, but the wrapper isn't grape flavored. I chew that was inside it was. Um, and daddy cannot choose like anything himself. Like, what do you mean? He has to use a list on random.org mm. to decide out what he's gonna do at any given moment. Well, yeah, like if I'm going to watch TV, it's not like I'm going to pick what I feel like watching. I'm going to pick from the list of 10 things yeah, I'm yeah, currently yeah, yeah. watching that's and randomize. That's fine. Oh, that's fine? But it's like, hmm, I want to watch TV right now, but I don't care what I want. I'm just going to roll anyway. And oh, I got play with Alex. I really don't want to play with Alex. I, I want al- to watch TV. I always <laughs> want to play with Alex. But I guess I have to do it. That's what the list said. Well, see, the reason for that is that there are things that I don't really want. That okay, okay, let, let me explain. There are things that are not necessarily... Things... Emu! I'll give you a second chance! Anyway, there... Yeah, okay, Amy's coming back. Okay. Um, Dad, finish your sentence on Amy. There are things that I don't necessarily find fun to do. There, there are things that I don't necessarily find fun to do, but I really want to get done. And randomizing the why, list why, is one why, of the ways I force why, myself to make progress towards doing so those things. So there's a like one in like 1,000 chance that you actually get to do it. Well, I try to adjust my uh-huh. rankings. I don't believe of... you. Anyway, Amy's here. Okay, so why do you think Dad is so stupid? Um, if you say Dad isn't stupid, you'll be kicked out again. I think he is so stupid. Yes? Because he has such special thinking uh-huh. that's very out of the box and different that uh, you disagree with. Mm-hmm. How is that? We're the same brand. Same brand, different model. Hmm, that is true. They they could even have changed the model that much. Hmm. I mean, 50%. Also, let's see if you're stupid. I am not stupid. Who is older? Me. 
or daddy? Dad. Incorrect. Why is it incorrect? Because I'm 111 years old. I thought you'd remember that. Oh, my bad. Whoopsie. But that doesn't mean you're stupid. Thank you. Just the fact that you hate me makes you <gasps> stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, any other reasons why Daddy is stupid? He just is. Okay. Shall we wrap it up then? Good idea. Okay, wrap what up? Wrap this battery up. Wrap this segment and this episode up. Uh, No, don't. Oh, he's trying to physically wrap up the widget on my screen that's doing the recording. Okay. Okay, sit down. (laughs) Shall Sit we? Down. Shall? Oh no 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 no! I'm not attacking, Daddy. Okay, get on. <laughs> okay, get onto your own chair. Good. Okay, shall we say goodbye to the any listener who happens to still be around? Which there would probably be nobody. <laughs> no, no, everybody. I'm sure everybody who downloaded my podcast. Everyone still listening to this very skip moment. to the end because all your stuff at the beginning would be so boring. They won't do that if you don't put a message at the beginning of the podcast, though, which you will. Uh, what kind of message? Um, so this is the beginning of the podcast. Um, oh, wait, am I clipping this out and yeah, putting yeah, it sure, in the sure, beginning? Yeah, sure, sure, Um, no, you're copy and pasting it. Okay, so it's in is. both places. Yes, um, okay, so... This is the beginning of the podcast. For the first three segments of the podcast, um, it's dad. But go about halfway through for me. And that's the, where the times the, will be listed in the description. Yes, yes. And that's where the interesting stuff will begin. Right. Just skip all of this stuff that's gonna happen for the next like two hours. Okay. Or however long it ends up being. Yes, or however long it ends up being. And uh, just skip to my bit. Because it's better than Daddy's bit. Of course. We get to talk about all kinds of things, including why Daddy is stupid. Uh, Of course. Anyway. Do, do, do! Do that without yelling into it so I can actually use it. Do, do, do! Do that without getting closer than this many inches from the thing so I can use it. One, two, three, four, five inches. One inch, two inch, three inch, four inch, five inch. There we go. (laughs) Do, do, do! Oh, oh, okay. A little... Do a nice clean do to do. Do to do. More like the do to do's we usually use. Do do do. Okay, great. So that's the beginning part that we will cut and paste and use at the beginning. Copy and paste. Oh, not cut and paste. Yes. Okay. Ah! Okay, 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 okay. Stop. Okay. Do do do. Now let's now let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Should we do any outro stuff? Yes, we should. I need a bell. Uh, I don't know where a bell is. I used to have a cowbell and 
my bedroom. I don't think it's there anymore, though. You can make a bell noise with your face. No, 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 no. Oh, no. wait. Wait, 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 wait. I have an idea. Oh, I'll be back. Hurry. And thus we try to wrap up. I said all the usual stuff about how to contact... Uh, move this microphone again. I, I said all the usual stuff about how to contact us at the end of the last segment, so I won't repeat it all. I will mention, again that my son Alex's YouTube channel can be found at alexemzela.com, A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A.com. You can go there. If you've gotten this far, you need to subscribe to the channel. Please subscribe to the channel, click the little bell icon, all that kind of stuff so you get notified when there are new episodes, uh, and comment on his videos and stuff. We love the interaction there as well. Um, and he'll be back soon to say goodbye. Oh, Alex found a bell. Yeah, sort of. a Christmas tree. Oh, okay. I took two others. But those were purple, and those are from another day. Okay, so, let's say goodbye properly. Daddy! Do nothing! Alex! That wasn't nothing, Jetski, and you're not daddy. Okay, go ahead. Daddy, do the nothing. Alex, do the cha-cha-cha. Alex, do the ring, ring, ring. And the goodbye for real. Starts now. You have to stop breathing. <sighs> you have to stop moving. Okay, here I go. You have <gasps> to stop thinking. Okay, daddy, do the cha-cha-cha. Alex, do the everything else. I can breathe now. Yes. Okay. Daddy, do the cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. Oh, wait. wait. Alex, do the... Wait, what? No, Daddy, do the cha-cha-cha. Alex, do the ring, 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 and the goodbye for real. Starts now. Cha-cha-cha. Ring, ring, ring. Goodbye for real. And I'm doing a pose, wait. You've seen it before if you've looked at my videos. At some of my older videos, too. Is that the end? No. Now y'all say, Goodbye, quack echo, quack echo, quack echo, quack echo, quack echo. Goodbye, everyone. Quack echo, quack echo. Remember to add quacks and echoes. Both combined. Oh. Make sure the ducks echo too. Uh. And we'll, also. We'll see. Also, for your entire first part of the segment, well, first part of the podcast, I want all swears to be quacked. No, this is going to be such a long episode anyway. All swears must be quacked. Because this is... I'll, I'll, this I'll, is I'll quack all swears in this segment. There aren't any! Oh, I can fix that. No! 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 Goodbye for real!